0: PlayStation gets hard for Indies. This is Triangle Square Director's Cut. (laughs)
1: Uh, Now I feel like I have to do that every time, but you know when we don't edit this by hand, that doesn't really get left in because that one, or at least that part right there, is a separate little thing that goes to automatically. But guess what, Chris? What's up, buddy? Welcome to not your first rodeo, not your second rodeo, not even your third nope. rodeo.
0: It's your, it's your fourth
1: rodeo. My fourth rodeo. In a row, at least. It's a rodeo at that point. I'm a rodeo um, meister. Of Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. I'm yes. your host this week, lovely audience, Brett Beck. And if you couldn't tell, I'm joined again by Chris. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Brett? Tired night. So spoiler for both for everyone involved here if we sound tired I want to go ahead and tell you (laughs) we're tired (laughs) yeah man we're recording this late we're working around schedules I've had a big long uncut day uh South Park reference also (laughs) tie back to the Sony getting hard for Indies um anyway yeah so getting Uh, being tired is not surprising uh but you know it's the price we pay for bringing you a good show and having a good time doing so uh chris as always i am very happy to be joined by you i love our really ridiculous (laughs) pre-open talks before we do any podcast even though it always puts us further behind schedule
0: always every time i'm like hey i need to I need to have a quicker episode, and then an hour later, we're starting to record, so that's cool. Yeah,
1: and it's not just my <laughs> fault, because you were talking about random crap too, so it's yeah, both I, of us are just monsters. I just sat down and I was like, whatever, man, this is just going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, you know what? People seem to have been enjoying the longer episodes. So I like doing them. Let's kick one off. Chris, we got to start the show oh, off baby. the right way. What have you been playing this week? Surprise me. Dude, I've been
0: looking forward to this because we had the. We, I would preface this: if you didn't listen to last week, I play everything on PlayStation, right? I thought that was like a mental break, and I have not turned on my PlayStation once this week. So I feel like like an addiction has been broken inside of me wow it's been kind of nice yeah i've only been playing i don't um, know
1: whether to congratulate you or hit you with the you <laughs> were supposed to bring balance to the force <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be, i'm still playing on pc so i haven't gone full you know full and spencer uh um, yeah
1: you're uh what do they call those gray jedi
0: yes exactly yeah. i'm like uh whoever samuel jackson is i don't like Mace Windu. that's yeah. the guy um <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been playing almost only State of Decay 2 um, oh, nice. and some Octopath Traveler recently. Nice. I still, I, I guess I should clarify. I have turned my PlayStation on because I do still get my the daily missions done in MLB, but other than that, I haven't played anything on my PS5. So are you telling me no Apex this week? I haven't played Apex, yet. I'm proud of you. I know, it's kind of great, but now the season's <laughs> almost over and I have to finish my Battle
1: Pass, so... Oh, so it means you're about to dive back hard, huh? Yeah. You're going to make any time for Ratchet in there? I mean, yeah, Ratchet's like an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one 12 hour afternoon. <laughs> hey, dude, you know
0: what? We never did the Spirit Fair episode, but you, you were like a little peek behind the curtain, I guess. You were like, yeah, I'm about to finish Spirit Fair. You should probably get on it. I finished <laughs> it in like three days, and then you just never finished it.
1: <laughs> yes, a peek behind the curtain, as it were. <laughs> And then I did finish it and platinum it, as you may have saw, but it was so far removed. Yeah, we went to record and I was like, dude, I don't remember this game. (laughs) Yeah, that February snowstorm down here was insanity because Chris was like, oh, we're not starting that game anytime soon. We had a snowstorm. I couldn't work for an entire (laughs) week and I just sat at home with nothing to play, so I was like. Yeah, Spiritfair looks good <laughs> and by the time that chris could even blink i was like three quarters of the way through the game
0: yeah because we usually recorded that like middle of the month after we talked about it and like with the order i beat it like a day before you were ready to go you were like hey we should do it this day and i was like cool beat it the day before <laughs> and then <laughs> so this one i was like i'm gonna do the same thing i'll play it like a week earlier and you're like all right let's go nope but <laughs>
1: spirit fair <laughs> is an excellent game i loved that game yeah, very you good. You should play uh, Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it's a shame that we didn't end up talking about it, but it would have been a disservice to talk about it as haphazardly yeah. as I think would have happened. Well, um, it was
0: one of those things where I was reading the wiki of some of the characters, and I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> 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 it's like, I, was
1: this someone I saw? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, I like that game, and I think it was a relatively well-done platinum. It's like not impossibly hard, yeah. but not so easy, which is interesting. It brings me to what I've been playing this week. I uh, I, I beat Ratchet and got the platinum in it. Congratulations. Um, probably a 15-hour probably a platinum. You know, the thing about Ratchet, which is really interesting, yeah. is that, first of all, I think Ratchet's have always been written well. But I think this is hands down the best written ratchet that's happened. I think Mm story-wise and performance-wise across the board, this game is unmatched in its own series and maybe even unmatched by a lot of PlayStation Studios, which is crazy, maybe even blasphemy to someone, but... I'm starting to get this feeling the only thing that's keeping from it is the fact that ratchet launched in a pretty buggy state um, sadly none of them are like game baking breaking bugs but when you have a $70 12-hour game from P- PlayStation the expectation is kind of that you're paying for that quality and bugs don't necessarily scream quality um, so it is what it is but I think if it wasn't for that I think both Spider-Man Miles Morales and ratchet coming out and so quickly and uh following up even 2018 spider-man i think insomniac is going to become the new top dog first party studio and maybe outpace naughty dog
0: yeah no i mean i think that's already happened personally
1: i think so too because i think at one point in time naughty dog was releasing excellent games every two years yeah and releasing excellent games twice a generation if you're lucky yeah it's not worth it is uh, is going to push a little hard for them and I know that games take longer but I think that there's a lot to be said about the way that Insomniac approached development and uh, having multiple teams I think the only way Naughty Dog might be able to keep up is if they again expand into the multiple teams they were um, during development of Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us
0: yeah I don't know uh, I, I, I... I think, honestly, I think Insomniac became that studio when they were bought. Um, yeah, no, I agree, yeah. because I, You're right, it's like the Naughty Dog games, they're masterpieces when they come out, but I would rather take, at this pace, like 10 good games over two masterpieces, you know, if you want to yeah. call Last of Us 2 that for some reason, <laughs> but...
1: yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think it's weird because, like, you got to think of the same time span as Naughty Dog put out Uncharted four and The Last of Us two. Insomniac put out Sunset Overdrive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ratchet and Clank. Um, essentially, you could you could keep going. They put out Spider Man. And they put out uh, very close to Uncharted, I mean, to, to The Last of Us 2, they put out Spider-Man. And then not long after that, they put out Ratchet. So putting out five games in the span of um, <clears throat> of something that you know Naughty Dog's done two in yeah. is, and all of them being very big sellers, it's not to take away anything from Naughty Dog other than I think that Naughty Dog used to be the studio to look at. But I think even on graphical prowess um, – Insomniac's moving up there to be, like, great storytellers, uh, able to get a story out quickly, concise, mm -hmm. well-written, look amazing, you know. So I I think
0: I might actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I might push back a little bit, and I would say Naughty Dog is their best developer. Insomniac is their most valuable developer.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, and I think I'd even agree with that. Um, and, And I still think, though, my initial statement, I think, holds true to the point that Naughty Dog is getting caught up to yeah by Insomniac in my opinion. I think the big thing for them is that the one real problem here is that Insomniac did release two games now on PS5 that had fairly buggy launches. Um, it's nice to get those games out quicker and they're still good. But you know when you're paying that premium dollar it's nice to go through a game at launch with zero issues. Yeah. Uh, and that's always been the case for me with Naughty Dog games. Whereas, uh, Spider Man, I had crashes and Ratchet and Clank, I had a bunch of visual glitches that weren't game breaking, but I had to restart checkpoints to get them to go away. Thankfully, the checkpoint systems are very, um, uh, generous. So you don't really have to worry about losing yeah. too much
0: progress. But that to me is yeah. the big crux of it. Cause I'm not a big, like, whiner about bugs guy. Not that you're whining, yeah. but, um, because like you even saw with, Cy- with cyberpunk right it just depends on how they checkpoint and fix it because I think mm-hmm. what I've mentioned to you I was able to deal with all those cyberpunk crashes because it seemed like the game knew when it was going to crash and would eh. autosave. <laughs> because yeah. I, I think I had a specific example where I crashed mid sentence and it came back at that sentence and like just started it over and I was blown away by that and there's somewhere yeah. I lost more progress than that but I think for me with with bugs it's it's a matter of how the game checkpoints it you don't want to lose a lot of progress but for sure that's where where i'd say like i don't think any developer in the industry as a whole compares to naughty dog but i still think that sony would be in a worse position without insomniac than they would be without naughty dog right at least right now i don't think you could make that case last gen but
1: yeah, you can. Fair. Yeah, and I Somniac would, was actually pretty slow last gen in comparison to their typical output as well, yeah. and that's primarily from them just having so many teams. I mean, you know, they have the Spider-Man team, uh, as we're going to call it for now, the Ratchet team, as we can call it, and then they I, still have their um, their VR team that I they wouldn't. had prior to the purchase. That I wouldn't be surprised are working on VR stuff for Sony's follow-up VR. Yeah, maybe.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what they did last gen, so I can't comment too much on that. I was thinking of the PS3, and I'm like, is this dude crazy? And then I was like, oh, wait, we're talking about the PS4. That was
1: last gen. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, PS3, dude, Insomniac put out. I was about so to say. So many games. There's
0: like 50 Ratchet games, three Resistance games, Fuse, Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, like, God. what are you talking well, about? Do you and remember then, what
1: Fuse was called prior to it being changed? No, I, wasn't It, it kills some, me. Something good, right? O- Overstrike. Overstrike. Overstrike, yes. Yes, Overstrike. Um, God, man. It's so weird. Do you ever wonder if like, in a weird, bizarro universe, like Overstrike was what the game stayed and it didn't have a lot of changes and it actually came out and performed well? Yeah, (laughs) I could see it. That was the problem with that game is
0: it looked so generic to the point where I think the box art was the guys with their heads cut off, which is the most generic shit of all time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but either way, I I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but uh, where I was actually going with that originally is that Ratchet has a... fun platinum but outside of one trophy which is like return to cinder maybe it may not be quite that but essentially there's a a (laughs) void blaster gun or something that has a shield and when it's fully leveled up it'll catch shots and you can fire them back at enemies and if you kill them that way um then you have, you have to kill 10 enemies enemies that way. But it's a little pain in the butt because when you shoot their shots back to them, the, sh- the shield also has like an area of effect blast that goes out for a little bit. Yeah. And it's hard to find enemies who will shoot you but aren't too close to get hit by just the shield blast. Um, but there's a little spot you can game with uh, bugs on the planet with the acid. I am blanking right now on what it's called. Sargasso? Yeah, Sargasso. Um, so fun platinum but almost to the point where it's like the game gives it to you yeah that's what <laughs> it's i like, heard yeah it, it's like the ps4 one's fairly easy as well but i feel like i had to grind a little bit more like yeah <clears throat> i'm pretty sure you had to have all weapons at max level which was not the case here um so it's it's small stuff which i mean i appreciate because i don't like having to grind um but a little bit of a challenge would have been cool you know at the same time it's like there's a weird in between that you have to have where you don't want a game to go insanity and be like ah, oh, I, I don't even want to try for that platinum but when mm-hmm. a game just gives you a platinum you're like <laughs> like it does not feel fulfilling if i'm being honest outside of just the weird dopamine rush you get when the trophy sound goes off oh, i love it when you get a platinum in like a um a, one of the telltale games yeah because you didn't yep. really earn anything you just play the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like to this day. San
0: Andreas and Children of Morta are the two ones that I think of as the best because, like, those are
1: actual challenges to me. Yeah, you sure. Know. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of games that draw that line between being challenging but also being rewarding and fun and making you want to play the whole game. I think Days Gone is a great platinum. Yeah, it is. Um, so and
0: Days Gone's uh, DLC trophies are hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> some of the I'm hardest. I'm glad tro- they're not part of the platinum. I know, right? But there see, you say that, but there's a very small part of me
1: that wishes they were part of the platinum. Just so it's that much more of like a, yeah. s- a stun like,
0: trophy. See, now I got now we're talking about this. I'm see, quick episode, but I'm going on tangents. Um <laughs> there Watchdogs originally had like a broken trophy. It was where you had to play that knife game between your hands. You know what I'm talking about? Where you stab oh. the knife between the fingers?
1: Yeah, I know the game. I didn't yeah. know it was in Watch Dogs, but yeah. Yeah.
0: They patched it so it was easier, but I have that trophy, pre patch. And I got that platinum like very like the week it came out. So I am very proud of that trophy, and I'm mad that they patched it because that that
1: for platinum would be so much rarer than it is. <laughs> so that you have a platinum pre patch, blah 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 yeah that would be really interesting if they introduced that level of like oh well he got the platinum uh, at this patch level and it's the inverse for Terraria where it's like yeah. oh he got the platinum after there was like 40 patch not just when there was See, four it, it's
0: funny because some guys <laughs> I'll watch who do like, like the trophy list reviews they'll like yeah. go like oh oh he got that like they'll notice like yo you got that pre-patch like that's a thing that's why I hate the near game because people know that you bought all the trophies you know what I mean I hate
1: that oh yeah fair yeah exactly Uh, anyway that's about all I've really played I haven't had time for much else now since I platinum did I intended to do other things so I've got Resident Evil 8 downloaded and Uh I've got uh, Scarlet Nexus downloaded I really Um, can't wait to hear what you think of both of those but especially Scarlet Nexus I like that game a lot I'm assuming I'll start
0: it tomorrow
1: (laughs) but you never know
0: did you download Doki Doki Literature Club Plus because I actually lied I did play that I haven't finished. Oh, uh, it, no, I've never played that game. I
1: do know what it is,
0: but I've never should. played it. I, I know that something happens and I don't know what it is and I'm very excited to see cuz I've heard about that game forever.
1: Yeah, I've not had it spoiled for me either. I just know that it's not what it seems. Yeah. You should that's definitely. about the most I can say. There's a part <laughs> of me that's like that should be the spoiler chats cuz that sounds like fun, but I mean, we could totally do a spoiler chats for that too Hell or beautiful. instead, we'll we'll talk about that behind the scenes, but yes. I guess at this point News show. We can talk About the community stake, which I was very, very late to post. So thank you all for doing it. Telling you, holiday weekends just mess me up, but I've also been busy. You know when you have three day weekends and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get to relax and do so much cool stuff that I want to (laughs) do, and then the whole weekend you just work your ass off. Yes. And like even today, you know, I had to drive five hours to look at a car, and I mean I did it to myself, but I was sitting there thinking the whole drive. I was like I didn't, I've not played a single game this weekend. I did play Sea of Thieves Friday um, and was having a blast because we were, we, we pulled more money than I've ever gotten in that uh-huh. game. We were carrying so much crazy crap. And then right when we turned everything in, we decided to go out and just be the griefers. And <laughs> so we were tracking down a ship and we followed it for like 20 minutes and I finally brought it down after a bunch of hard fought uh, things, and it was so fun. But we were just having, a- after that, we were just having fun being goofy pirates and stuff. Like we, our ship was all decked out, and so we kept making dumb jokes about being, uh, you know, having too much drip and how we were t- uh, tracking people down uh, to. to knock their ships down so that we would be the drippiest boat on all the sea Um, (laughs) and i was calling it the sea of drip or the drip of thieves i think sea of drip has a better ring to it it does yeah so and now i've decided that i want to make like a youtube mini series i clearly I don't know that I have time for this, but I would love to do a weekly stream where just me and that group get on Sea of Thieves and just go hunting and the entire time we roleplay as pirates and just say dumb crap. Like, <laughs> "Arg, you landlubber.
0: <laughs> yeah, like uh, like GTA roleplay.
1: Yeah, but we were just like, we were talking about getting real into it and be like, "Arg, your shit be too dripping. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Just stupid stuff. I like uh, that. Oh, I was saying that, the, you know how like in Tokyo Drift, uh, DK is Drift King? And, yes. In this, it would be in sea of thieves it would be the dk drip king <laughs> and we would be the we, we you know we'd fight every time that we logged on to see who's drip king i like that's, that a lot that's where i'm at so but i was having so much fun just making dumb stuff up the new uh sea of thieves update is very fun so and also playing it at 30 frames per second because i don't <laughs> feel like re-downloading it on my pc has made me be like I kind of want a Series S just so I can play this at sixty frames <laughs> per second. Yeah, I
0: play. Uh, I think I I'm just going to download it on my PC. I you just, should. You know,
1: it's very nice but, at 144 frames. It is. <laughs> Sadly, sixty is the most that my res- oh. uh, my screen could do at 4K. Oh, um, gotcha, gotcha. But oh well. Um, uh, but that's the community's take. Back to that. Uh yes. we have. Chris's question which I kind of liked it was a picture spinoff slash uh, you spin off mini DLC slash standalone expansion that you'd like to see bundled with a PS5 upgrade slash maybe remaster of your favorite Sony exclusive (coughs) Um, and I kind of expanded think Miles Morales slash Uncharted Lost Legacy in terms of scope of the projects that way you think you know it's it's bigger. It's not just a small game, um, and it's it's in a way it's completely standalone. But it clearly continues a story from a previous game. Yes, uh, which you know I, I like to see. Um, so, Chris, I think you have access to discord and twitter i don't know if you have them up or not i I have discord up i don't have anything else look at you go uh well i'm gonna pull one off discord then i'll let you do one this one's quick liam ai says open world my name is mayo director's cut game of the year edition yes (laughs) uh but if you grab one from over there i'll go look and see uh
0: what we have elsewhere i pulled up facebook um josh drago on facebook says uh he wants Kratos' son's story I would like to see his story before his mother died, or how Kratos ended up in the Norse era after God of War Three. Um, I would also like to know
1: how Kratos ended up in the Norse era. I would too, even though I love when you watch the Raising Kratos documentary. That <laughs> the it's not really canonical, but it's kind of the quick way that they just explain it away. Like internally, it was like so. You're telling me like Kratos just put on a backpack and like hiked to the Norse mythology <laughs> realm. And they said, yes. And they were like, yeah. They've gone into more detail. You know, like uh, the mythologies are like the belief systems within an area. So what was happening in God of War original was like the way and the gods were of that area. So like the Greek era. So it was basically um,
0: combined to Greece and the surrounding area. Is, yes. Is yeah. Gathering? So it's
1: like the the gods were responsible for that, which comes up with a lot of loopholes because – if if the the planet was formed by the Titans, then they would be gods to everyone and it wouldn't make sense that they would leave everything else out. Um, you know, but it is what it is, and the way they described it's kind of interesting. So it's like Loki and Odin and all of them are only gods to essentially the, you know, Nordic areas. It's pretty odd, but I would have liked to see some interesting stuff go on where it was kind of like I don't know why they would do this, but you know, this like assertion that God and all the different words that they people use it like Allah and Yahweh Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It had been kind of cool if it was like it still ended up being like Zeus and everybody. Yeah, but it was like they were portrayed as that as that group of people viewed them. I mean, there's an argument that
0: all the gods are the same. It's just because of the the different parts of the world we were in, you know.
1: Yeah, and how they perceived them and and describe them in their writings
0: i'm just saying it'll never it'll never in a million years happen but the next like trilogy is kratos going through like christian mythology
1: (laughs) so really interesting thing and i'm gonna pull it up because i really don't want to mess it up but um i'm gonna tell you because i thought it was so cool um it i could see someone saying it's it's uh cheesy to a degree it would offend the world
0: (laughs) oh yeah no 100 percent. that's what they would never do it but i want it so bad the ending like think of if the ending was you like fighting a personification of god or
1: jesus well so this is the original ending that god of war 3 that jaffe wanted yeah so this is not exact but it's basically Along the sense of this, Uh, Jaffe suggested that the battle with Zeus would be set at the beginning of the game. Kratos would kill Zeus, creating a vortex that would suck all the mythologies, Greek, Egyptian, Norse, etc. into one world. While in this world, Kratos would ultimately stop the people from believing in these gods, (coughs) thereby ushering in the new age of religions, beginning with Christianity. The ending of the game would see you playing as the three wise men. The origin of the Sphinx would also be explained as a monster that Kratos froze with Medusa's head while it's Kratos' ultimate um, fate would be sacrificing himself to live with his family in Hades. Um, that's not the original thing I read, but that's someone's recreation of it. But they wanted the last thing that you saw in the game to be the three. You didn't play as the three wise men, if I remember correctly. It's that you saw them walking and you saw the Star of Bethlehem like uh, jingle in the sky. Yeah. And that I was like, that would have been cool in my opinion. That
0: would have been so sick. Especially, like, thinking about how that would set up the new God of War to be, like, Kratos lives in this uh, for whatever. Kratos is Joseph.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing from Stigus Musen, who was the original who ended up being the actual director for God of War 3 yeah. it says what David Jaffe talked about doing was and I'm not sure it would happen but basically you destroy Greek mythology and the Norse mythology is right around the corner that's the next thing Kratos would go after it becomes clear at the end that he is going to become the harbinger of death across different mythologies in the world and maybe carry the series on from there um, uh, Barlog's original idea because he was involved in the early stages was about having Kratos become death that would be sick yeah and he said uh, jaffe came and later clarified on twitter that i assure you my story was not as simple as kratos going after the norse gods there's an element of truth but it goes far beyond and that is what he said about the uh there was going to be a thing where all of the religions came together and he basically got all of them to stop believing in them and i think there was supposed to be a notion of the gods don't have power when no one believes in them yeah which is arguably a really interesting case of i mean you know it's a little bit like fairies can't fly if you don't believe in us but yeah you know it's, I mean, it's, that's
0: that's just tulpa lore right like tulpas are things that yeah become real if you believe in them like slender man is could be a topa if you yeah. believe he's real that kind of thing
1: Yeah, and I like how what S. Musson ended up actually saying about the way that three ended. And I love the way three ended, but he says they're both incredibly good ideas, but you need a director to be passionate about the story and understand it intimately. If I had used Dave or Corey's ideas, I wouldn't have been as passionate about them, and you would have seen that reflected in the game, which is
0: probably true. I don't really like the way God of War three ends, but. Oh, I love it. I don't like cliffhangers that aren't cliffhangers that are cliffhangers.
1: and no one knows for sure if they're going yeah. years until bam 2018 <laughs> exactly 10 like what <laughs> 10 years later about yeah yeah, yeah that sucks <laughs> 2011 so i guess like eight years seven yeah. years um but yeah uh either way um let's see kevin bacon bit says god of war 2018 with an added expansion into more realms and a nice story to lead into ragnarok so that actually makes me think of something i thought about <coughs> on josh's mm-hmm. um do you think that you'd want to see Freya, um, the the mother, or do you think that, that she's a more interesting character, at least in what we know about God of War so far, as this mysterious force that we don't really know much about or have seen any of? I would only want to see it if the DLC is about her
0: and not about Atreus. Interesting. So, like, okay. if the, if you, it's like to me, you'd have to be playing as Freya. Okay, I don't. I wouldn't want to. Because I wouldn't want like to see her just being a mother because she was much more than that in my opinion. Like uh-huh. obviously she was a mother and a wife, but
1: I say I it's not Freya. I'm sorry, yeah, um, that was father's mother. But oh, well, hold up. on, that yeah, a is, it, it, yeah. is it? Well, I mean, we, uh, well, I guess. <laughs> I, think <laughs> it's, I think it's Faye, and my brain just mixed them together. Um, yeah. Yes, um, yes, a frost giant from Jotunheim, the second wife of Kratos and mother of Atreus. So, uh, Lafe was her name, but she went by Faye for short.
0: Yeah, I don't know because I just feel like there's. I would be more interested, even if it was like a walking simulator. I would be more interested in seeing like her than having trying to tell her story while also telling Atreus's story. Like just focus on one
1: yeah but what part of her story would you like to see because i mean like do you want to see her meeting kratos or do you want to understand what her life was pre-kratos
0: yeah i don't know probably pre-kratos because wasn't she a warrior am i making that up no she was more or less yeah yeah. so you can give me her doing some battles and expand on that because she was a big character you know but i also don't think that's not necessary to her story to tell
1: yeah if i remember correctly the axe was hers
0: yes okay you're right because like i know what i would want to see but i don't want to spoil the game right so like i'm not going to say it but that that is not what i would want from a god of war yeah sure series or whatever
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, So yeah, I think, of course, we see that uh, that's mirrored. A lot of people want to see God of War included. Though I think a real one would have been interesting to see the other realms explored. But I guess it seems a little more easy to have the realms that were closed off be explored Mm -hmm. in the next game. Instead of just trying (laughs) to add DLC for that. And the only reason I really say that is because I think... That we're very likely going to take the game. The next game is probably going to take place in the same Midgard, right? Yeah, I would imagine it would take place immediately. And that means that if we can find a way for the next story to bring in the Broken Realms, we have new unfamiliar areas as well as familiar areas that may look a little different due to the change of Ragnarok bringing snow everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's like give you some of what you know, some of what you don't, (laughs) Um, which would be nice. (laughs) It would be, yes. Excuse me. Okay, you're good. Uh, awesome Dave over on Discord says, Bloodborne with an expansion where after Yarnum is all set, the hunter awakens in a different area, maybe an area themed off of a different type of area, such as colonial New England. Oh,
0: oh. <laughs> that
1: sounds awesome. That like- that's, a, that's actually a good idea, seeing how the hunt <clears throat> moves throughout different parts of the world. Dude, because
0: I'm just thinking, I'm just like – this is going to sound so Stephen King in New England on me but like imagining what from software could do with like a fucking with like Maine you know like oh, just yeah. put a bloodborne uh put a uh from software game in maine i would play the hell out of that that sounds awesome <laughs> just but like, like
1: but like old school colonial uh yeah like maine. even
0: maine or just do it you know what i'm I'm dumb do it in salem massachusetts oh, and that's yeah. the game is you fighting actual witches it's like yep. you
1: know that would be sick <laughs> and seeing a very twisted tale of the of the salem witch hunt yeah
0: and like yeah, look, that if you want to cool. get super dark and m-rated with this thing think of what you could do with the bonfires <laughs>
1: oh god yeah okay right? fair like
0: you take down a boss witch like all the bosses in that game are witches okay. and yeah.
1: the bonfire is her on the fire that would be so incredible. yeah so it's where if the witch trials were actually like, was was correct and they were yeah. witches yeah yeah i mean yeah i would say they were
0: not but i you know that would be the most interesting that would definitely be awesome just going through New England. Yeah, like. yeah,
1: for sure. I like that take on it too, where it's like you spin it to where every, everybody was correct. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you're just it.
0: witch hunters, right? Like. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and you're in a new hunt, and that would kind of make sense considering that you know a lot of the way that they present the idea of the hunt is kind of like this werewolf like lichen thing. Mm-hmm. So moving away from that with the next game and leaning towards something that's more witchy would be nice to get a you know kind of a break from that. Yeah yeah that would be cool I like that idea that's a good one Um, that's awesome holy crap (laughs) (laughs) Rude Days 93 he says uh, Uncharted A Thief's End the added expansion can set up the next game with Drake having one final mission assuming he isn't in the newest Uncharted game arguably the most famous mascot of the PS3 and PS4 generations one final resolution upgrade I feel is deserved at this point
0: I agree with some of that
1: I agree with most of it Um, yeah I mean, I, I, I think PS4 is really hard to nail down who the mascot was um, I, because I think that there were so many mascots across PS4 um, that they actually kind of... I won't say they cancel each other out, but they make it harder to give it to a single one, whereas I think in the PS3 generation, you could arguably say that Drake was really the mascot of PS3. I
0: would say that. Um, I think PS4 is pretty clear. I think it's Spider-Man it's spider-man the most popular character of all time like spider-man True. is the and face of your console you True. know i i get what you're saying but i just think in terms of like when we're talking about like if you were talking about the face of baseball it's the most popular player it's the same i think it's the same thing here like that's spider-man I'd make it right. I would, I make a, right. A, I would yeah. also
1: make an argument for Fortnite Girl. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. True. Though I guess most people look at the mascot as something that comes from the, for in, sure, the yeah. internal studios. And that one puts Spider Man even in a weird spot because I think you're still accurate that it is the most popular and it is an exclusive. Um, well, but I think some Spider-Man. people I think some people would look at it and be like, Well, it's not, but yeah, like you say, you can go that extra mile of saying, Well, that version of Spider Man came from exactly. the mind of Sony's internal studio. Well, you know second party now internal yes exactly <laughs> so all right, um, let's see i love this one i i know that I, i'll let you get the next one so sorry but no, i would <laughs> he I says uh me. jehudi md says i would love resistance dlc telling the story of a survivor during the main game stories it's a way of bringing and summarizing the first three <clears> game <throat> stories so far to build up for future games in the series were you a resistance fan chris um i played resistance 2 a little bit but that's it that's it okay yep. yeah it makes sense would you be remotely interested at all in playing a resistance collection would it if it came to uh, ps4 ps5 you my honest answer is how are the trophies <laughs> No, I, I had a feeling but i was curious <laughs> yeah
0: I mean, like, I would probably be interested, but it would be one of those things where, like, I'm not interested enough. it's sound dumb. I'm not interested enough to put one game, another game, I'm not going to complete on there, you know. <laughs> so, like, that would be my. Because it seems like a good series, but like, I was a Killzone guy. Like, bring back Killzone, and I'll play that. But
1: oh, dude, me, me too. Thankfully, I mean, I say I, I was both of them. I love both Killzone and Resistance for very different reasons because yeah. they're very different games, um, and that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a good one. Speaking of Killzone, we have somebody who answered that way, and I don't think you're on Twitter, are you? I am not, though. Okay. Well, then I will go over real quick and find it. Uh, Richard Rivero says, Killzone Shadowfall, because that's the only FPS PlayStation has on the PlayStation 4. (laughs) Fair. Did you like Shadowfall?
0: No, not really.
1: Not at all? I, I didn't like it enough to finish it, so interesting do you know what happens at the end no did you ever look it up no ah man it's a it's a continuation of three feel free to tell me i i I mean at this point hey your spoiler warning for killzone shadowfall uh eight years after it was released is up (laughs) um so uh stall yeah is behind all the new things so the secret ending scene of three or i won't say secret ending but the post-credit scene of three Mm -hmm. where they open the ship on helgen and Mm -hmm. say you know uh you're alive or whatever and it's strongly hinted that it's stall Mm -hmm. he is alive he's responsible for everything there um And then you see that there's corruption within the uh, – first of all, it's an epic fight. You're going on to – you find out that Helgen has been building um, fleets of starships on the planet still, the people who are left over. After the crazy thing and that they're all coming and you f- you go and fight your way towards Stahl uh, and he's like bald headed with like a bunch of things like glooped into him, keeping him alive and you fight your way through a starship to get to him. It's really cool. Yeah, that does sound really good. Um, it's one I, of those things where if you didn't do it, it's like, ah, but yeah. I get it. If you got bored before then, then that's not that's not you. That's the game. Exactly. I've <laughs> ever told you like
0: my Killzone 2 story. No, I guess not. Well, I'll tell you quickly. I, I went. I had an Xbox at the time, and I went to a buddy's house who had a PS3. Oh, and that's what made you buy it? Yeah, I had a dream about Killzone 2 that night, and I sold my Xbox the next day and bought
1: a PS3 in Killzone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Killzone was your conversion game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, Killzone 2 is the best one. I mean, it I, I love that game so much. 3 I'm, is really good, and I love it, and Mercenary yeah. is great, and I love it, but... Two is the king of the series.
0: I'm still mad at Rico, man. <laughs> the fucking guy. Shoot, I'm sorry. Shooting into walls, but can't, you know.
1: Yeah. Dude, there's so many things about that game that is just design choices that i wish games still did like i love the idea that you are on you're the odd man out you're on a planet where you are outnumbered by the army that's there they're not having to import troops they already have them and that whenever you're clearing an area out if you don't press forward the game just keeps sending units out to you out to you out to you and i think it really makes the game feel decidedly more like a war than something like 3 or Halo where you clear an, an area out and then it's just an empty and then you playground move on, yeah. It, it's just, yeah it doesn't feel right I think that there's something to be said about that ne- matching the feeling of in a spot when you're in any kind of gunfight in Kill Zone 2 mm-hmm. it's stressful because you're like yeah. I have to push up and if I allow them to push me back I, that's ground I am losing yep Yeah, really and I also
0: cool. really like the weighty feel of everything I know that's why
1: people <sighs> complain about it but it feels so good it's the <laughs> best. It's so good. It's so grounded and weighty.
0: Oh, Yeah, it does also have the best. It might be just Mercenary now that I'm thinking about it, but the kill sounds and kill zones are the best. A little like, Bloop. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So Those sad. are great games. Um, yes.
1: You want to grab another one?
0: Um, I don't have access to any
1: more. You read that all of correct. this card, my friend. <laughs> that is correct. I did. Okay, well, I'm going to grab um, one more. Or really, there's two more, and then we're going to move on. Uh, so, Chris, yes, one of our patrons, right. Mr. Oh. Mister Derek, says, hey, Derek. Ghost of Tsushima spinoff putting the player in the fight against the Mongolians when they first invade Tsushima. Imagine uh-huh. if you could choose to either be with Sakai Clan or the invading Mongolian fleet. Sounds That sounds fun. I didn't uh, finish Ghost of
0: Tsushima, so I have no Yeah, I, I,
1: You know what's weird is that this makes me think of... Um, Sucker Punch's history as a, as, you know, having those to be fair, it was just throughout infamous, but the idea of choosing evil versus good. And yeah. I think a lot of people look at the <clears throat> the story of the Mongolians invading as evil. Um, and it would be interesting if that's the way that they bring it in and kind of pay homage to their little uh, thing, which that there's a little moment that pays homage to getting to make decisions in ghost of Tsushima. But for the most part, it's pretty cut and dry. It would have been kind of cool to have an initial thing where it's like, ah, you're either going to choose to be to side with the who we call good and or mm-hmm. who we who we call evil. Yeah. Um and just quick little tidbit about
0: our friend uh Genghis Khan. He actually lowered the world's temperature by murder.
1: Oh yeah. Less people.
0: Yep. But yeah. he like actually it was like a couple degrees that the entire world was lowered by him. That's insane.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Oh man. It brings up the uncomfortable conversation <laughs> that everyone hates of uh part of the way that you uh you make the planet more sustainable is shrinking the amount of people (laughs) i mean the guiding stones tell
0: us that our population should only be five million
1: yep it's interesting that's that's all i'll say as uh you know sustainability is hard when the number of people on the planet is pretty much consistently growing (laughs) um I would love to see a game tackle that because I think it's such an, when you bring that up to people and don't get me wrong, I'm not bringing it up as like, yeah, we should kill everybody. But when you bring that up to people, that's what it feels like, right? But that's what makes the Thanos storyline so interesting because it's like, yeah, he's really right though. One of the the ways that you stop that is by making sure that there's not more people than the planet can can provide for. The problem with Thanos is I feel like um, he
0: could have just doubled all the resources and not killed everyone
1: yeah unlike us where we don't have a magical gauntlet yeah
0: which is why his comics just literally simping for death is way better
1: <laughs> well you know it's interesting though because one of the things about thanos that's so interesting and and with that i get your point of like you could double the resources but if you've done nothing to show humans that they need to change their ways then eventually those doubled resources will continue to be met by an ever-growing yeah um, but at population. That
0: point, but at that point where you're looking at thanos and thanos destroyed the stone so that nobody could reverse his decision where if he doubled it and then stuff had continued to grow at that same rate he there would be no reason to destroy the stone so he can snap again and double it again you know
1: i guess Uh, but i think he wanted to teach everyone a lesson correct
0: that's he says no he says it's just simple math Regardless, comics him simping for death—that's why he kills everyone—is so much better.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair,
0: but he wouldn't be a, a uh, you know a, a hipster greatest villain ever for some crazy
1: people if he was just a simp. <laughs> that would be so on the nose of the modern things going around if it was just about being a simp. If Thanos was a simp incel, I would watch that movie. I would probably <laughs> like it more all right uh last one uh my buddy ryan he says um his first thing was aside from days gone and god of war which first party titles have not received many dlc to which i said to be fair it does not have to be first party uh it can be second party as long as it's an exclusive um and some examples I gave, just and some of them have been answered here. But uh, the order: Neo, Detroit, <laughs> or second party in this case. But the order, second party, Neo is Detroit. Become Human was the Last Guardian. Uh, but also on the first Patty side, up uh, first Patty, first party <laughs> side. Uh, <laughs> NAC never received any form of DLC. Not surprisingly, oh, Killzone Shadowfall didn't receive a real side story DLC. It received a little uh, multiplayer. DLC. Death Stranding has yet to receive anything yet, though that might be coming. Um, so, small examples, and uh, even the ones that have, like Horizon, were not big standalone story level games. So, mm-hmm. In the spirit of what we were talking about. But he says, true, I'd take a Horizon spinoff where you play as Nil, a prequel that fleshes out his story a little more. Dude seems interesting. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think Nil is the bandit hunter that you meet outside of the bandit camps. I think so. Uh, it's been a long time since I played Horizon. I think that sounds right. Um, and, yeah, dude's a killer. It would be interesting to see where he came from and where that came from, because I think he served under the military of the previous Sun King. I mean, trying to remember Horizon story, like the finer details is a little rough.
0: Yeah, I don't remember much about it other than the ending, which I liked. But Yeah, the game's really good. Oh, look, I think we got a
1: surprise answer midway through the episode.
0: You want another surprise? Vin Diesel's real name is Mark Sinclair. Oh, I know. I love it. It's so weird. Yeah? Uh, So what's our community's
1: take from... It's it's on Facebook. Our friend Matthew Green, one of our patrons. He says, if not too late, No Man's Sky. I'd like to see what happened to the travelers and races other than just being told through artifacts.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting if No Man's Sky gets so successful that the way to make more money off of it (laughs) is to just basically make a Well, okay. it makes me think of like um, how we're starting to see side stories in like League of Legends where it's like League has been around forever, but we're just now getting like standalone games that are not about playing like League, but instead just looking at the world of League and telling stories and having new gameplay mechanics within it. That'd be kind of cool if you make like a standalone game that plays a lot more like a Mass Effect.
0: Yeah, that would be very cool. Where like you could take your weapons and basin or something like that.
1: Well, and, and yeah, and you could still have interplanetary travel be there, so that it shares like DNA with the main game, um, but it's not necessarily endless and procedurally generated. Instead, it's more like okay, here are planets that we're looking at that maybe are the original <coughs> homes of some of these travelers and races, and we can look at what happened to them. That'd be cool. Yeah, I would play and that. Have your freighter act as your bridge, basically. Yes, I would. I would enjoy that very much. Actually, you're right yeah you could do those little uh because you know they have like haunted freighters and stuff in the game it'd be cool yeah. if like you specifically designed ones from in that to like essentially create easter eggs where it's like you're playing the game and you recognize it. you're like oh that's that freighter Dude, that haunted ha- freighter
0: if there's haunted freighters in that game they should do a standalone dlc that's just a ghost story that would that, be would, that would
1: also be cool <laughs> kind of
0: like return of the obra den where you're like Trying to follow around a ghost spaceship through the galaxy, and oh. you have to keep jumping. And there's little clues, and like, do you see visions of the ghost ship going through? That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. And actually, that could be done within the game already. Yeah, uh, that really wouldn't be too too far outside of the realm. No, exactly. You could even have to
0: mine and build up new parts of your base to to freaking research ectoplasm splatters you find. I don't know. <laughs>
1: i can design Uh, games yeah yeah i uh, game designer (laughs) okay i think it's time to move into the news but before we do remember that if you want to support the show with more than just your time which we are always so thankful for we have a group of people who are so grateful uh, or that we're so grateful for who um become patrons and give as little as a dollar per month for random sets of things uh though i, I tell you the greatest thing about it is i think most of the people who are who our, are our patrons do so just because they want to support the show yeah. and that is really nice so we appreciate you guys helps us keep doing the show without having to dig in our own pockets um mm-hmm. which is great and it, it really it, it makes it to where it's more fun because we don't have to carry that weight of can we still do this? You know, whenever we have to repay for a new camera, a new microphone, uh, pay for hosting cost. It's one less thing to worry about, and it lets me come on here and say ridiculous stuff. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, yes, first thing up, control has been a big success for Remedy, as I think pretty much everyone knows, mm-hmm. uh, even with its controversy over the Ultimate Edition being the only path to a next-gen upgrade, which seems to be behind them, partially because PlayStation just gave all the PS Plus users the game, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> to, to be fair. Um,
0: That's a smart move.
1: Yeah, but... Uh, it looks like they intend to drive that series further. Remedy and Five Hundred Five Games, who are the publisher behind Control, if you didn't know, have announced an agreement to co-publish and develop a spin-off game for Control that will be multiplayer, which is a first for the. I mean, the developers always been single player um, for what two decades now. I think what yeah. was their first game? I know I know they did the, the first Max Payne.
0: Um weren't which they was like black 0-1? and white? No, I'm thinking of Quantic Dream. Um, yeah, I think Max Payne was their first game.
1: Yeah, it might have been. Uh, but I know that they were doing stuff before Max Payne. I think they made like a little racer game. They're a really interesting developer, uh, when you look back at their story, because like a lot of their stuff is technical prowess. And then they started trying to work in storytelling within that, which is pretty cool. It's the way that stuff kind of happens. Their
0: first game was in 1996. It was called Death Rally, and it was a PC game.
1: So it was a racing game, correct? Um, it's Death got a car
0: on the cover so it, I would guess it's a racing game, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's a, um, it's a it's a combat racing game.
0: Yeah. You know, for as prolific as they seem to be, they have not put out very many games.
1: They really it was have not.
0: 2001, 2003, Max Payne 1 and 2 and then 2010
1: was Alan Wake. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's crazy. And then after Alan Wake was um, Death Rally. <laughs>
0: No, I'm not kidding. Uh, Microsoft Windows, Android, iOS. Death putting rally. that again. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, and then after that um, was uh, Quantum Quantum Break. Quantum Break. Uh,
0: um, uh, no, it was Alan Wake's American Nightmare. Then Agents of Storm, which is an iOS game. And then Quantum Break. And oh, they became Control. iOS
1: developers for a little bit. Yeah, they
0: did some stuff for two years.
1: Yeah. Control's interesting. I can see how it's bigger for a world, but this is the interesting thing here. Is the developer and their little thing where they put out, uh, right now, this multiplayer thing is called Project Condor, but they see it. They, the guy who's doing the press release said that they seem like they're keen to keep their DNA of incredible storytelling alive in the project, but in a way that works in a multiplayer focused title. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not going to say it's impossible, because clearly you can, but it'd be really interesting to see how a, a typically single-player developer approaches multiplayer and approaches it to be a storytelling device. Yeah,
0: yeah it's interesting. Um, I, the only thing I can think of that did that was uh, factions in Last of Us. True.
1: And it was not a super in-depth story, but it was a no. story nonetheless. You know what? Um, Black Ops 4 did it did it yeah. have some form of story and world building
0: yeah, there was a s- there was story multiplayer missions,
1: oh okay, yeah, that's cool, well, and that's another thing they call it multiplayer they don't necessarily say combat, that's not to say that you can't do uh resistance two had an entire co-op campaign that had its own story and own missions that you could play with up to four the, uh, or you know four people in a group uh, yeah that was fun so i mean not to say that it can't happen i guess when people think multiplayer you immediately think of combat but doesn't have to be no so here's the thing: do you think it will be combat focused or do you think they'll try and take the powers of control and have different people and then let you actually combat each other or do you think it's going to be more no it'll be either like a, co-op or asymmetric multiplayer
0: if it, i think it would be like a pve you know like a left for dead style
1: yeah for friends and i thought destiny but not in the sense of destiny but more like destiny has a lot of story and you go about being multiplayer by just doing that story with everybody it'd be kind of cool though cuz you know you'd be able to pull like a group of four people into like altered world events and go in and you you played control correct and i played it? some of control i did not beat it okay um, i do not this, mind spoilers at all though it's not crazy but one of the things that's going on is like there are um, Little different windows to dimensions and stuff that can happen. Um, and there's some secret boss fights in the game and whatnot where you can like fight a being in like this little you know, the the rooms that the game introduces you to whenever you're finding different powers, mm-hmm. and like you gotta it's one of those and it's got like a boss in it. Um, there's I think there might even be more than one, I'm trying to remember, but. It's a, it's an interesting idea. I think there's a way to pull it off. Uh, then the question becomes: Does control really need to be trying to pull another Avengers? Which no. I don't know if the answer is yes or not. <laughs>
0: I, I mean, I I would hope that Remedy does a better job than Crystal
1: Dynamics. That's all I can say yeah. about that one. Well, time will tell. We don't know it when will. the game will be shown off, but um, we'll see it eventually. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll happen one day. One day. Uh, Next up, EA Play, which is EA's yearly showcase that they do normally around E3 time. They're actually doing it a little later this year uh, on July 22nd. -hmm. Uh, It will apparently feature Battlefield 2042, Apex Legends, Lost in Random, and a, quote, couple other games. (laughs) One of those is potentially what you may have seen if you've been on the internet at all, the Dead Space remake slash reboot that was leaked to be in development at EA Motive. (laughs) It seems that EA's renewed interest in the franchise comes on the heels of Capcom's massive success with the Resident Evil franchise. Which, of course, makes sense considering that uh, the remake of 2 is a big part of the success that uh, the Resident Evil franchise has seen. Uh, And I could see EA looking at me and like, well, we have a horror franchise that people really liked at one point. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: A great game.
1: Well, here's the thing. I actually think that this is a good idea because oh, agree. The, the reality is that i think most people like dead space one and two three is where a lot of people started to fall off i still enjoyed three but it's it's still a different game um and if you handle this right this is a good way to renew interest in a franchise and let it still keep going and this is a way for ea to be able to make shorter games not have to you know they don't have to worry about having multiplayer and everything it doesn't have to be a long game this can i think star wars uh jedi um, fallen order, I think showed them that shorter linear style games can work and that there's benefits to the development and If they pull it off just right, Capcom is making bank off of all the Resident Evil stuff right now, and they're short well crafted eight to twelve hour stories depending on which game you're playing true
0: I know um, you're a big Resident Evil fan. I am a big <laughs> Resident Evil fan I have the platinum and two and three, pretty proud of those.
1: Oh, I didn't know you got threes. Nice. I did.
0: Yeah. Threes was much easier. I did that in like a day. But I have, I got two and three. Uh, nice. That was, I knew, that was I knew you week. got two. Yeah. I was uh, quarantining that week because my brother had COVID. Did you um, not get
1: the platinum for seven? No. I haven't gone back and done it yet gotcha gotcha um i don't know i think it's interesting my one fear here is that if they do happen to show this off they're going to treat this like they did skate where it's (laughs) not even showing the game it's just two talking heads being like yep games in development (laughs) which to be shown at some random date in the future see that's
0: funny because i have a really dumb prediction but i think this will be out by halloween
1: Dude, that would be amazing. My hope is that it didn't take them until Resident Evil 8 to see that people are liking yeah. Resident Evil and have a want for big AAA survival horror. Yeah, I think
0: once 2 came out, like if you didn't look at Dead Space and go, oh, we have a better one
1: of these, uh, you're crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, I think, of course, people are going to be like, better, though I I also think Dead Space 1 is better than Resident Evil 2, (laughs) (laughs) and I like Resident Evil 2. I mean, I love Resident Evil 2, but... I've played um, both this year, and Dead Space is better than Resident Evil 2. Dead Space is so good, Uh, but... Yeah, the thing that I think makes this such a smart move is because <clears throat> I don't think that there's enough room for every survival horror game to keep to come back doing this, but the only other one that would really be able to, tr- I think, compete at all with Resident Evil uh, that isn't Dead Space would be Silent Hill. And yes. even though we know that there's a Silent Hill coming, it's coming from Team Blueber. I don't have <laughs> that much faith in them. And uh, Team Blue Box. And I also don't have much faith that's what it is. <laughs> Bluebird, blue box. Yeah. <laughs> blue box has been Bluebird this whole time. Um, but no, I think with all that going on, it's just, I don't think people have faith in Konami. It's not happening from an internal place. It's not, you know, I think if it at least had been through Sony and Sony was like, Hey, we're spearheading and choosing a team to make this. Mm-hmm. People would have more faith in it.
0: Yeah. And I will say that the, there are still reports that there's another
1: silent Hill project. Yeah, with, and with a prominent Japanese developer, so. Yep, uh, though <clears throat> original rumors said that one was a big game, which yeah. is, that would assumedly go to Bloober, uh at this point, uh, though technically Bluebird could be the developer behind what was said. The other Silent Hill uh, one that was rumored, you know, they said there was two projects, was a, an episodic style game so it would be interesting if Bloober's doing the episodic style i don't think they would but their lack of combat even though they're hiring for a combat person right now but their lack of combat experience would make them doing the episodic be a, a much smarter idea
0: yeah that would be interesting um i don't know i just i don't i think you were saying that there's not a lot of room for horror games kind of
1: I don't mean that, back. but I think horror games I I should say this. Let me backpedal. I okay. don't think that there's as many big survival horror franchises that were basically triple A level that yeah. saw v- massive success that weren't and I could <clears> be wrong. I'd I'd love to hear it. No, uh, that's where I but was. But in my push mind, back. yeah, it feels like to me it's Resident Evil, Silent Hill, and Silent Hill struggled against Resident Evil even. Dead Space and I can't really think of another like prolific survival horror besides and it's not it wouldn't be a revival but like alien isolation fatal frame Um, was that was that really a huge franchise I've never played one well no
0: but that's what kind of where I was going to push back on you a little bit was I was going to say there's not many franchises so I'm a little unsure of how we could really get saturated you know yeah like I can only think Silent Hill fatal frame amnesia Siren. Resident Evil, Siren. That's it. And they tried to bring back Siren already.
1: Um, So, yeah. yeah. I guess that's kind of where I think. I don't think most of those franchises were very big. I I think that they had very niche communities. So trying to bring them back would be hard. And I even think that that's what makes uh, Silent Hill suffer a little bit. Is that I think up until PT, Silent Hill was starting to fall into a niche fandom. Because the Western games were just not they weren't yeah, they doing were a good bad. job yeah they were <clears throat> they weren't doing a good job at satiating existing fans which were making people just completely drop the series but they also weren't doing a good job at making people like the series as their first entry so you know I mean it's kind of where you end up Um but yeah I think uh, I'm specifically speaking on big revived franchises definitely in the way of remakes you know Um I don't want every series to start trying to come back and be like Fatal Frame one remake Uh, Siren one remake you know (laughs) I'm not saying that I wouldn't try them and be interested in them but
0: I would take a Fatal Frame remake but that's about it
1: yeah I've never played Fatal Frame but uh, I know what they are I've never played Siren either neither have I yeah Uh, though Siren was Sony exclusive right it's first party game uh, I mean um, Japan Studio I think I
0: think you're right, yeah, but I'm not hundred percent sure.
1: Yeah. Oh well. Um speaking of blue box and the blue box rumors, in the midst of all the blue box rumors and the hope that Silent Hill crossed Kojima, that's uh you know, Silent Hill Jima, I don't know. What would be their like celebrity name? <laughs> um Kojima Hills. Kojima Box. <laughs> Anyway, uh, from all the hope that people wanted with uh, Kojima being behind a Silent Hill game uh, finally happening, it looks like the rumors of the Kojima and Xbox uh, team-up have proved to be founded in reality as discussions between the two parties have reached a point where a letter of intent, which, if you don't know, is basically a document where both of the parties indicate their intents to enter into a more formal agreement at a later date, um, has been signed while the legal teams try to hash out further details. Um, a letter of intent, just to be clear, does not mean that a project is contracted and being made or anything. It literally just means that both parties intend to work towards eventually finding common ground. At the end of the day, this could come down to nothing more than just deliberations to fall, fall flat yeah so um but this is something that you said earlier that you are you know and of course it's just us reading into things but you thought that maybe the death stranding directors cut video was trying to hint specifically at him not doing anything with uh, xbox so how do you feel about this i think that because this is all jeff grubb and i think
0: that jeff grubb has done a great job but for me, I think there's I think there's just far too many details. Does that make sense? Like oh, I mean, now, what do you mean? like oh, they it's si- like it's
1: too much. It's like it's he's not had, vague enough.
0: Not even that. He's had everything from the beginning, like point by point. And to me, it sounds like a lie. Not not a lie, but it sounds like misinformation. And I could be wrong. I'm whatever. I'm fine with being wrong. But this is one of those things where like you always hear like liars or the people who it's every detail. It's like, "Oh yeah, my mom was watching TV the day she was murdered. She was watching the Bill Cosby show. We had just gotten into a fight about money, and Bill Cosby said something on the TV show and we all laughed and then there was food in the kitchen." They're like okay but did you kill her <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> well, well her shirt was red and it matched her shoes that day and we went exactly. mall. <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of how i feel here where it's like you're telling me that they've signed a letter of intent what like that just sounds insane to me you know
1: i don't know like why you get this much information unless it is they're... odd but it's, it's it's interesting you bring up jeff right because he's also the one behind the dead space leak
0: Sure and he's also the one that says Scarlet Nexus was coming to Game pass like which you know, he gets wrong yeah. yeah, so you know this I, this could be right. it's probably right, but it, to me it just feels like so many details that I'm a little like, is this part of the blue box ARG?
1: <laughs> one more layer. Microsoft's in on it as well.
0: I'm just saying if you add yellow to green, you get blue,
1: and Xbox's color is green. Oh, and also, Green starts with the letter G, and Grubbs' mm-hmm. last name starts with a G. <laughs> connection? I think not. Jeff Keeley's name also <laughs> starts with a connection. G Connection? Coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> oh, mm, yep. there's a key. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. In uh, the end,
0: this Kojima stuff is probably true because the whole is. thing is about a cloud game that he was already trying to make with, or he was already making for Stadia, and then the Xbox is just letting him do it. So, uh, sure. I'm Interesting. sure Kojima. I didn't know has... there
1: was a I didn't know there was a Stadia to it all, yeah. but I mean that makes sense to be fair.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, let them have it. I'm sure Kojima is one of the few people who has the clout to do whatever he wants. He's probably making Silent Hill and an Xbox game. He's making that... Silent Hill
1: and <laughs> Halo 6. It's fun. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that cuz I actually thought like, you know, it's not impossible that he could have two games going and since it's the letter intent that means that there's probably nothing done so in this sense it would make sense that he's been able to be working on something in this in-between time that's probably not only death stranding director's cut you know right i would put past kojima to be the guy
0: who goes i'll make a game for you sony but microsoft is also paying me can you guys can you deal with that yes okay you both get my games
1: yeah yeah yeah, I've always wondered, but I don't know. It, it depends. What happens with this next game is going to be a big deal, I think, um, in terms of my opinion on whether or not there's a future where Kojima or Koji Pro gets purchased and acquired by PlayStation. Mm. Some of that comes down to I'm constantly iffy on whether or not Kojima would like to be non independent again because he you know don't want to f- deal with the fact of he spent so many years at a company just to have them completely change on him, so he's probably thinking like you know I sign on with Sony or they buy me they buy my company out and then ten years from now Sony's a completely different company, and their attitude towards me has changed and then I'm right back to where I was having to start a new studio all over again that's I don't know um,
0: I think more than anything else, if Sony didn't buy Koji Pro in the midst of all these rumors and just go to him and be like all right you're talking xbox you can have whatever you want we want you on first party then they were never going to do it anyway so i think that's just kojima doesn't want it because you have yeah. sony has to has to purchase koji pro unless because of this stuff like they can't let him go to xbox and if he's going to xbox and they're letting him the price was either so high or he's just not interested
1: yeah or the weird Mm -hmm. part where death stranding didn't perform like they thought yeah and so they got cold feet maybe but and i don't even mean that they were ever talking to kojima about it that they could have been right but i could see a version of this story where sony were kind of in their own minds being like we'll make well we'll let him make death stranding uh worst case scenario it probably at least breaks even and it's great pr for us and uh best case scenario it sells really well and we have confidence in him and bam we bring him on mm-hmm. um, but you know I, I don't know i think sometimes it's quick to it's easy to want to boil it down to that but i don't know we'll get into that in a little bit cuz there's something that kind of is talked about with acquisitions later on in this but for now who knows what's happening um next up the rumor mill was like a quarter of the way right as we saw Ghost of Tsushima get an expansion announced taking place on the island of Iki, hence the Ikishima that was being thrown around. But it is not a standalone expansion, nor was it announced during a Sony event. Um, Instead, the expansion is part of the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, which brings us back to Sony's apparent new uh, love of old game director's cut equals $70. I like it. <laughs> uh but I think it also speaks to something that we were talking about in the um in a weird way. It's close to what we were talking about in the community's take, right? Where I think Sony's way of doing this is for people that didn't buy us on PS4, they can buy us on PS5, but for people that did buy us on PS4, they can upgrade to PS5 and there's new content. That seems like I think this game will be somewhat of a footprint for what they're going to do with Death Stranding when we fully get that reveal. Uh and I think it means that we are going to see new content and director's cut for Death Stranding. Mhm. Some agree. kind of which technically does means that Kojima is still working with Sony. Um right. which just goes to show that it's not like ties are completely cut. Yeah,
0: again, I just I have trouble seeing Sony letting Kojima go.
1: Um <clears throat> I think I'd agree if Andy House and like you know other people were still there and even somebody like Sean Layden right who's talking about making games cheaper and lesser in scale and I think that Kojima would be interested in that right I don't think mm-hmm. Kojima is really worried about making uh, really crazy big 40 hour games necessarily not that Death Stranding is short but there's a way to play Death Stranding pretty quickly Yeah, um, that is not necessarily true of something like The Last of Us Part 2 true so.
0: Um, in terms of this, I don't know. I've always maintained that I have no problem paying for a new version of a game. Just because I bought it before doesn't mean I'm owed anything. So I'm happy they're doing it with DLC. That's cool. That's just well, yeah. Icing that's on the, the cake thing for too, me.
1: right? Because here's the thing: existing owners of the well, let's back up a little bit. There is some new stuff coming. So first of all, this is still coming to PS4. Yeah. Um, and if you already own the game on PS4 then you can upgrade to the director's cut, which includes the DLC for twenty dollars, which basically means you're paying for the DLC twenty dollars. You just still have to have the original game to play it. Uh if you want to get that on PS5, it's going to be $29.99, so thirty bucks. Uh, to upgrade your version to the PS5, the PS5 version brings with it a host of new features that are not in the PS4 one, some that you'd expect for PlayStation 5, such as improved performance, which is both resolution and uh, frame rate, um, and the option to which one you want to load in so that you can actually play this game probably in legit 4K, or if you want to play it instead in 60 frames per second, rock solid. Uh, it's going to have improved loading haptics in the controllers for the bow and whatnot, as well as improved three d audio and then the surprise feature, which is lip sync for Japanese voice actors or the voiceovers, which was absent in the original release um you know why they said I didn't realize this and I didn't read it until earlier, but did you see why they said uh they didn't originally have that no, I didn't. It's because there are, and Digital Foundry did a video of this that I remember watching when it first came out. In Ghost of Tsushima, there are like three or four pre-rendered cutscenes. The intro cutscene is one of them. And essentially what they said is that the PS5 can render in real time what needed on PS4 to be pre-rendered for the quality they were looking for. And so that means that they have the ability to switch which animations going on instead of having to play a pre-rendered video wow okay interesting sense. but people are just, mad people are like just why can't the, that be on ps4
0: it's just the funniest tagline to have in your trailer it's like updated graphics dum-dum-dum new new draw distance and framework dum-dum-dum japanese lip sync dum-dum-dum dlc dum-dum-dum like what the, what are you talking about just yeah that's a blog post like hey we fixed this yeah, I, I, I think what it.
1: makes it interesting is because it's a PS5 only, right? So they're trying to be like, these are the PS5 features. It's a weird yeah. move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure there are people that like same. it because I'm going to tell you right now, I would, I don't play this stuff. I, don't, I would never play this game with Japanese voices because I'm not that it. person. But I would be a little annoyed if... I was in there watching the lips be nothing even remotely close though. The irony is that that would make it even more like a Kurosawa film.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I, I played it in Japanese and I didn't even notice that for the 10 hours I put in. So,
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so the release date's August 20th for anyone that cares. And of course, new players can buy it for either 60 on PS4 or 70 on PS5. Um, that's you know it's it's interesting i i agree with you i think as long as something's being done and added to the game there's no reason to be upset that it's there uh and that you have to pay for it and the reality is is that people are like well that means i don't get any ps5 upgrades you don't need it the game has been updated to allow 60 frames per second on ps4 yeah and that means that you're getting improved performance on ps5 regardless yeah i don't know for me it's just like
0: you can play the ps4 version on your ps5 they're selling you the ps5 version
1: you know, well, yeah, and know. to me, the reason I kind of look at it is that you, like you played uh, man, um, uh, man, man Eater. Eater. yeah. Yes, I did. Man Eater is a perfect ones, example baby. of the reason that that game came over with a free upgrade is because they did absolutely <clears> nothing <throat> other than make it have a higher resolution, frame mm-hmm. rate, and load times, which are all just inherent to the PS5. Exactly. Whereas this is new content. And then improved sixty frames per second with higher image fidelity and whatnot, and all that that comes down, probably some new art somewhere, of course, the lip sync if you care about that, and all these <laughs> and, and then the addition of things like what's to be fair the the addition of haptics and stuff that 's fine i don 't really care about that, but also it's not like you can 't play your p s four version with improved performance on p s five so exactly. paying twenty dollars for more content as well as maybe a little bit better p s five support is not surprising to me uh when a game like man eater is just trying to find a new audience while also being like well if you bought the game before these are just inherent improvements that you're going to get we didn't have to necessarily put more work into it um you know it's it's interesting i mean clearly some work went in but i think a different amount i agree
0: this is a remaster in a lot of ways
1: yeah basically and it's kind of what we were talking about too right where you get an expansion and a remaster of a game basically yeah that's the best way to do it but yeah next up ps plus titles for july have been revealed and leading the pack or the mischief (laughs) which is a a, a pack of rats in case you didn't know that (laughs) i had no
0: idea what the joke was so i'm glad you explained it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, uh, a group of rats is called a mischief for whatever reason probably because they killed a bunch of people
0: (laughs) That's very mischievous for sure.
1: <laughs> anyway, a Plague Tale Innocence's PS5 update uh, leads the pack, uh, followed Ooh. up by Black Ops 4, interesting as you were talking about earlier, yeah. and WWE 2K Battlegrounds as the PS4 titles. Apparently, Virtua Fighter 5 hangs around for its second month as well. I don't really Ooh. know why, but that's cool. Um PS Now also got its additions for next month revealed with some big names in Red Dead Redemption 2, which is interestingly the first title I've ever seen specified as download only. You cannot stream Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That is weird. Uh, Followed up by Neo 2. Moving out, God of War rejoins the service, probably permanently at this point. Uh, Judgment. (coughs) olympic good, good. games tokyo 2020 and nascar heat 5
0: Oh, i can't wait to play some nascar heat 5
1: i haven't played any of the nascar heat games but when i was a kid dude me on ps2 with that blue back disc of nascar 2001 oh the only man. thing
0: i know about nascar is i had a cousin who used to say nascar is is like dating a woman where you just go around in circles a bunch of times until someone crashes <laughs>
1: my dad's that's a huge nascar fan which a lot of the times people who are really into cars at least respect it if not yeah. actively watch it um but Dorado's i remember nascar <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> that's box car racing oh damn <laughs> uh precursor uh basically though one of my favorite like little memories and one of the like main memories i have of my dad because it was right before my parents got a divorce uh, oh. my mom bought my dad a ps2 to try and like save the marriage <laughs> so, oh god you know you know things that young kids do cuz my mom was like 23 when she had me um, and so at that point she was maybe like 28 maybe 30 at max so she was like okay he loves playing games i'll buy him a ps2 i was sick that day And so I was asleep Mm -hmm. on the couch. My dad took off work because he got the PS2 and hooked it up. And I woke up to him playing NASCAR. And he goes, hey, man, you want to play? And so we hooked (laughs) up another controller. And me and him played NASCAR 2001 uh, that entire day. Uh, And it was amazing. And it was just so fun because then after that, after my parents got divorced, we'd play it at my dad's house. Um, And my brother would always, or one of us, me, my brother, or whatever friend was with us, would always take it and be like, All right, one of us is going to drive on the track backwards, and we're going to juke you and hit every other car so you can win the race. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag cheating. Hashtag expert. (laughs) But, yeah, fun times. So I actually do, and I like NASCAR. I can't just like my dad, dude. I'll just sit there and, like, I've watched him. Like, I'll be playing, like, PSP or something when I was a kid uh, or a teenager, and I just watch him watch a race for, like, four hours straight. And I'm like, Dad, I get like watching it and like for the exciting parts and seeing where people are and, and respecting how hard this is. But, dude, four hours of this is just no.
0: Insane. That sounds insane <laughs> to me.
1: It's the way I feel about people watching golf. And I'm not trying to hate on anybody. It's just the way I feel. I've watched golf at my, uh, my mother-in-law or my grandmother-in-law, I suppose, um, her house, and it's so boring. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. And I'm just like, man, people watch this? Interesting. I feel like this could be cut down to all the exciting moments in like a a sizzle reel. (laughs) Yeah, man. Some people just
0: love watching Tiger Woods walk, apparently. I don't
1: get it. Hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe uh, I'm not going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) This is a family show. Uh, Okay, next thing up. Oh, I guess let's back up for a second. How have you been feeling about PS Plus? Um...
0: It's fine. I'm, you know, I don't tend to benefit much from PS Plus, if we're being honest.
1: Well, one of the reasons I ask, right, is because do you remember before PS5 hit and Game Pass was still all this talk and they talked to uh, Jim Ryan and he said that PS Plus is one of their main um, vehicles that they're looking to be competitive against Game Pass in the ps5 era basically more or less he says one of the big things they wanted to use and then hinted that ps now or actually he, he didn't say, he didn't hint ps now he said we have a solution to game pass that we're working on so yeah. i i think ps plus is good for like uh i think the ps plus collection is is great and i think a lot of the titles have been really good but i'm a lot like you i've played most of these games so, I'm not benefiting a lot from them, but I'm yeah. still like excited because I'm like, ah, people get to play a Plague Tale now.
0: No, exactly. Like, that's exciting. It's just always one of those things where I go, and I'm like, oh, what's on PS Plus? It goes, oh, purchase, purchase, purchase in library.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> and then hardly ever play them. Yeah, exactly. I'm the world's worst at that. Uh, speaking of Plague Tale Innocence in particular, how do you think that these things go behind the scenes where PS Plus game for this month is a Plague Tale Innocence, but plague tale requiem was shown at microsoft's event like what do you think is going on do you think that they like sony approached him and was like hey guys we want to do this and they're like we've already told microsoft that we would show a plague tale requiem for them but you could be our ps plus game like how do you think that stuff goes back behind the scenes
0: (laughs) yeah i bet i don't know because it's also going to game pass so i bet they're just like give us all your money (laughs) we will huh. take all of your money like to every publisher you want this game on your service money yes yeah, exactly <laughs> that's what i would do they sold they sold it for what like two years and now they're just selling it again but also got a bunch of lump sum payments for it oh yeah, yeah that's the biggest racket i've ever seen good for them yeah dude good you're, for, right, what, you're right two years
1: uh no that's uh focus home interactive even better, make a make a greedfall sequel now, please. No, <laughs> Spiders was bought by uh Nacom of all people. Oh, that's not great. So, I would love to see that they still get to make a greedfall sequel, but I don't think it's gonna happen, <laughs> which is like devastating to me. But it is what it is. Uh, PS Now, how are you feeling about it? Because if I'm not mistaken, you have a PS Now subscription, right? I do. Um, I do too, but I'm be honest. I thought about it the other day when it hit my card, and I'm like, I can't cancel it now. And I get yeah. it for like half off because of my PlayStation card. Uh, mm-hmm. It may not be half off. It's like 30% off. PS Plus is half off. But I thought about it, and I said, I don't even remember the last time I played a PS Now game.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a service that I like, but it doesn't have very much on it that I want to play, akin to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um and then, I, I, I don't know, I have a PS3, so I tend to just be like, do I, do I want to play this streaming, or can I buy it, you
1: know? See, I think that that's it for me as well. If I'm going to play any of those games, I would just play them on PS3, mm-hmm. right? I think the yeah. only way that they could make the PS3 games, which is kind of interesting, too, because this goes back to something that was said to us on Twitter uh, by Matthew Green. Uh, not I think it was, like, maybe this morning. Yeah, he said... Um, Let's see. Let me go find it because I thought it was pretty interesting in that regard. He says, when looking for a game on PS Now, I never think of looking at reviews, but I do think it would benefit removing PS2 and PS uh, and early PS3 games just because the difference in graphics is too wide. And for me, that makes the game unplayable, um, which is an interesting take. I don't really think graphics make a game unplayable so much as mechanics. I think tends I to mechanics feel so dated that – when the game looks old and then feels old, it's like obvious that it's old. But to that degree, one thing that might actually help that and be more benefit to people is if they found a way to essentially do what Xbox is doing to a degree at least and be like we found a way to make the ps3s run these games that even better because like the rack ps3s we're using are basically supercharged so these games Mm -hmm. can run at 60 frames per second streamed and games that used to be 720 now are going to be 1080p using some kind of reconstruction technology like if they could find a way to make them more appealing in that sense then they might even draw me to be like yeah it'd be better just to play them on ps now
0: i agree that's actually true um but I don't know the thing with PS Now for me is especially with the older games is I think I was telling you with Dark Void I couldn't tell if I was lagging or if the game was just bad mm-hmm. and at least having the disc I would be like oh this game is just bad yeah. you know there's
1: something about that too that's true I've I've done a lot of experience <clears throat> with uh, PS Now where I've played games I'm really intimate with Yeah, and that's how I determine and most games are not bad I mean no. most games are really good
0: when I was and, playing Silent Hill 2 I had no lag
1: whatsoever yeah that's what i mean like infamous 2 i've played with zero issues it kind of blew my mind um i had like the smallest and this was a while back before that but like the smallest little bitty delay that was super imperceivable really uh when i was playing oblivion mm-hmm. so it's interesting service but i don't know the streaming Maybe. thing of it all is as hard to balance against what's happening with everyone else with amazon and google and yeah now they need game. a
0: better library on top of everything. That's really what it is. They do.
1: Me. They do. I mean, I love a lot of those PS3 games, but I also own a lot of them, so there's re- there's really no point in playing them uh, exactly. on that service. So, uh, Let's see. Next up, this one's pretty interesting. A Twitter thread that saw a lot of attention this past week saw Sony and PlayStation's lack of back-end support for smaller and independent studios and publishers taken to bat. So a host of folks were involved... Uh, with this, all of them being developers or publishers on smaller titles, and they chimed in uh, after publisher Neon Doctrine's co-founder took to Twitter to communicate his difficulties in working with, quote, Platform X, who he identified as the operator of a very successful console and does not have Game Pass. Arguably, that could be Nintendo, but people went on and were like, yeah, Sony.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It sounds Uh, like a real dumb move to just not just say it at that point
1: I, I think so as well because
0: someone asked him someone said uh replied to him and was like i would be shocked if it's not nintendo and the guy was like prepare to be shocked I'm like then why did you even bother
1: you <laughs> just kind of look like a coward <laughs> like call them out <laughs> yeah or at least make it even more obvious where it's like what well, it doesn't have game pass and they don't have a plumber And there's a five in the title, you know? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, uh, the major complaints that were being levied against them was a lack of promotion for games with choices that minimize a smaller team's ability to move the needle through their own work. Lack of clarity on getting account managers, which are needed to submit blog posts and trailers for promotion through PS Blog and their YouTube, uh, PlayStation's YouTube. Uh, And invite-only policy for participating in sales, uh, which I was already aware of because... A lot of people thought that, like, the final days of the PS uh, Vita store, whenever it was still originally supposed to close down, meant that they were going to be making everything on sale. And uh, most of the developers are like, yeah, we don't really have that control. Like, we, you either have to be big enough for you to ask Sony and then be like, okay, or for the most part, they have to just be like, yeah, your game's going to go on sale. But they took away the ability... Um, for PS Vita only games to be put on sale. People could work their way around it by putting cross-play games on sale on PS4. interesting. Yeah. It was pretty weird, but that's kind of the way it goes. Um, And alongside that, they were complaining about the uh, inability to control launch window discounts for games. So apparently you can't do that on your own. Sony has to basically be like, yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and last one mm-hmm. that saw some flack was a minimum of $25,000 to have your game featured on the PSN storefront.
0: Um, <clears throat> I know that I have absolutely no problem with the $25,000 thing. Me as well. Uh, that seems like normal yeah. advertising costs.
1: Well, and of course, I think the, here's the thing, right? I think every place sets their own value based off of what their potential market is. Yeah, And Sony has a big uh. potential market. Again, potential market. Uh, A lot of the people in this were complaining that their games actually sell worst on PlayStation, but that's because you're not tapping into the potential market. Um, So I think that looking at all the rest of the complaints that were there about why that's so hard to do is reasonable. I don't think complaining about the fact that every storefront has a dollar amount that they have as their minimum for your game to be, or for your game or your book or your movie to be in the number one spot, that exists for a reason. Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart makes people pay for their movie to go on an end cap. Absolutely. So it's not crazy to think the Sony'd be like, okay, yeah, twenty five thousand dollars. We'll put you smack dab in the center of the home page on the P on the PS store. On PlayStation Five, we'll even put you on the Discover page where people see you without even having to open the store. You know, there's a lot of ways for Sony to be like, We're making this twenty five thousand dollars worth it. Mm-hmm on what we're doing because your potential audience is just so big. You right. know if Walmart was like, hey, you're gonna pay us thirty thousand dollars for your uh, Blu-ray to be on the end cap. Yeah. That's a steal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes it is. Your potential um, market is crazy there, you know?
0: So yeah. I have a lot of weird feelings about this this thing. Well let me know. I've looked into Neon Doctrine and I haven't heard of a single one of their games. Sure. And to me, it's like, okay, okay so i guess the best way i can think of this right it's like if i were to ever publish self-publish a book okay do i get to go to amazon and complain about them on twitter because amazon isn't promoting my book or have i not done enough to promote my book
1: right yeah yeah no and i agree and that's why i think the way you have to start looking at this is looking at their complaints outside of the promotion because i don't think it's fair to complain that sony a a private entity that has nothing to do with your game other than the fact that your their platform is what you're releasing it on has any duty to promote it i don't think that's fair to put on them now i think if they make it hard for you to promote the game yourself through some odd mean which we would need far more clarification than necessarily what was given then there's a potential to be like okay yeah that needs to be changed. Okay, but is YouTube is Sony stopping them from buying
0: YouTube ads? Nope. Is Sony stopping them from creating an or online at least presence? I highly doubt it. Right. There's no <laughs> there's no way because they're on other platforms to begin yeah. with, so they'd still be advertising their game. That's like you know, there's I'm sure there's a lot of stuff Sony could do and I'm not a developer, but I I don't know, I tend to think of like Maybe it's more convenient to publish on Xbox. Maybe Xbox lets you do more stuff, but Sony doesn't. So why are we complaining about stuff that you know about? I'm not saying Sony's right. I'm not saying they're doing the right thing. But to me, this all just seems like, oh, I'm mad that Sony's not doing things my way. you know? Yeah. And I, w- I think I would be much more sympathetic if I'd ever heard of these games one time. I'm very plugged into this industry, and I have no idea what any of these games are. Yeah, and, I think that's fair.
1: But I know. think that also speaks a little bit to their point. Now, not to the degree that I say they're right and Sony's wrong. And just like you, I'm not saying Sony's right and they're wrong. It's There's a lot more going on there. Um, but I definitely think that there's things that are in the in-between. Like I think that it's... I would definitely say that people should be able to basically be like, hey, I want to put my game on sale. When's the next sale that you have? So that if you want it to at least be coordinated and organized, we could do that. I agree. That needs to be a lot easier. I think that it's your product. If you want to sell it at a discount on their service, they shouldn't care. Um, They shouldn't. You're right. Because they're still going to get their part. They're still going to get their 30% either way, and they have a higher chance of getting their 30% if someone actually buys the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and I think also telling them that they can't control their launch window discounts is a really odd move. Um, and basically, you have to be a big enough developer for that to be a you know, publisher, have some kind of weird tie for that to happen. Yeah. That's a reasonable thing to be like, yeah, if I want to make my game cheaper the first week to encourage people to buy it so that word of mouth gets moving and more people buy it at full price, that, that should be perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. This is all just stuff where maybe it's because of how I feel about you know the world at large. But I just don't think that like i think that in a lot of ways being on sony's platform at all is a privilege right and you know (laughs) i think that there's a lot of ways because you know i come from like i like to write and that's what i want to do and i've been looking into publishing that stuff and one of the things someone told me as a former publisher was if you have a hundred thousand twitter followers your book will get published even if it's garbage you know and that's like you have to do this stuff on your own if you want to be independent you know yeah I, I, there's a lot there's a lot to me when i was reading about this that sounded like and i don't mean to be pedantic but I'm, I'm mad that sony's not doing enough to support me and it's like why should they amazon isn't gonna find my book and be like oh we're gonna we're going to put it right on the, the best sellers list just so that we can help you out. It's the same here. I could pay Amazon to do that, and you could pay
1: Sony to do that. Mm-hmm. But and even these if the guys... barrier of entry is less somewhere else, because I think one of the interesting things about your thing, right, mm-hmm. is, and this is, gonna have, this is probably going to get someone's code, but this is an interesting way to view it, and I do mm-hmm. believe in this. This is the market working. This yeah, is exactly. This is literally letting developers go. All right, you choose which which systems you develop your game for, and which ones you put resources into, so that you can hopefully get money back from, yeah. Uh if you know that this is sony's thing and maybe sometimes they don't but once you learn you go on but you have options and if you can if it's vague from sony about what help they're going to give you and you don't know yet but then nintendo are like well if you put it over here we only make you pay ten thousand dollars to put you on our storefront and Mm -hmm. we'll do some other cool things like you know if you we'll do this this or this and then xbox is like hey if you put it on ours we'll negotiate a game pass deal with you maybe as well as this this and this then you have three options in front of you of you that you get to choose and if you think that your return of investment from playstation is going to be vague and you don't understand it and there's a chance that it's going to be low then stop putting your games on playstation um if people complain, that's fine. And if people want to ask and say, hey, what what's the reason? You go, Sony's pol- uh, policies were too vague or I, I knew them and they weren't benefiting me and the right. way that I do my thing. So I chose not to support that system. Yeah. I know people hate that, but that's the perfect example. I, or I say people. There are groups of people that hate the idea of the market actually working, but there are times when it does make sense yeah. and it works in the favor. They have multiple platforms. Sony's not the only one. They're not a monopoly. They have right. plenty of avenues to make money.
0: I don't know. I just think... I just keep coming back to the fact, and maybe this is unfair, that not a single game these guys have done I've ever heard of. And I think that could be a Sony thing, but I also have an Xbox, I also have a, have a PC, and I've had a Switch when these games were on Switch. And you, you still know? don't know about it. And them. I still don't know about any of them. So, it's not, so like,
1: it's not like Microsoft or Switch necessarily did any better.
0: Right. And I yeah. know some indie devs, you know, there's the people who do dusk. I follow them. You know, these guys have no cachet with me personally. But communities take who knows a neon doctrine game. <laughs> None of you do. Yeah, and, I, and that's the thing. It's because you, Sony might be making things more difficult for you, but you have to be out there doing your own work. You know. Yeah. You know, Colin Moriarty's games don't sell a ton, but they sell to his audience because. He did the work he, to get he there. did the work to get his audience you yeah. have to do the same thing yeah a, a lot of the reasons i do stuff the stuff i do like helping you out with triangle squared midweek matinee you know some of the freelance reviews i've done it's strictly just so that my twitter followers can grow follow me on twitter please for the love of god at figs 21k um but <laughs> it's so that when i go to a publisher and i'm like hey i have this many people who are following me they look at that as okay 10 percent buy that it's a worthy investment you're not doing that with your game so nobody knows it has nothing to do with that because you know what i bought hades day one because i knew that game was coming and i've never heard of these so yes sony could be better with indies but you need to do the work that's how i see the situation
1: I think one of the most interesting examples of how these things can work and kind of what you're talking about, and also just organic stuff, right, is that there are so many Vita games that did so well on Vita, despite Vita's death by Sony and clearly (laughs) no support from Sony. Yep. And the reason that it worked is because people got this dedicated thing going where they liked Vita. People knew when to jump in and be like, hey, you like Vita? We're doing a new game for Vita. We're going to support this platform that clearly has a lot of people wanting it. And even though there's not traditional marketing from Sony or anybody else, word of mouth online and from the Vita and loved community makes our games do really well. And Bam. Now I'm not going to say every Vita game did amazing but there's a lot of Vita games that come out and do really great and I hope like the most recent example that I think did do well was like um, The Scourge Bringer. That's an awesome game and I literally heard about it because of Twitter and a group of people who are Vita Island and that's what they do and I follow that and it doesn't take much, but that's using organic natural growth that had nothing to do with Sony. If anything, that was in spite of Sony's insistence Mm -hmm. of making it impossibly hard to (laughs) advertise your game on Vita. Um, So it's it's interesting because to your point, it does mean if you do the work that you're going to see those benefits. Yes, in an ideal world, Sony would make it even easier for you. But they don't really stand to benefit much from that other than the 30%. And if they're making their 30% on Fortnite and whatnot, then there's not as much of a reason to do that. And if that means that you don't want to support Sony, then that's fine. Uh, I think that that's fair and if you want to complain that Sony's politics are that way that's fine and then you as a consumer whoever's listening to this can determine whether those lack of those games make you like Sony more or less so that you can determine ah, these games are finding a home on Xbox and I like these games so I'm going to focus on Xbox that's for you to do yeah and listen
0: I'm not accusing anyone of anything I will say that this I know who Neon Doctrine is now do you know? You know what I mean? Like I've I've looked through their games, and one <laughs> of them out of the the
1: ten looks interesting. It's also, are, are you telling me this smells a lot like Blue Box purposely leaning into the Silent Hill thing until it became too much for them to handle, so that uh, people suddenly knew who Blue Box was?
0: I'm not saying that Neon Doctrine has a game coming out soon. That's <laughs> not me. That's their website. <laughs> So take it for what you will. I think they're, they're right in a lot of ways, but I also think
1: get over it and do the work. You know, your, your funny thing is that there was a comedian in the UK, I think, uh, who was on a talk show recently and they, he was talking about, uh, plastics, single use plastics and there being, you know, how people should try and move away from them and all those things. And, um, the host put a picture of him drinking from a single-use plastic bottle and he stormed off of the show. (laughs) Hold on. Now, this is where the the genius comes in. The next night, after a... That that next morning, I should say, headlines were everywhere about it. And the next night, he came back on the show and said, it was really hard to do, but me and the host had to plan this without any of the producers knowing, so it felt real. But the whole goal was to storm off so that people would know about what happened know what it was about the single use plastic thing so he could raise awareness for it and he got the idea because pierce morgan stormed off and people started looking into pierce morgan and what he was talking about with gun control i think is what that was Mm -hmm. um and he was like so we had to plan a fake exit uh just so people could come and do this and it goes to show you that you could trick the system viral marketing is a thing and if you know yep. how to play into human emotions people are so nosy that they'll be like Ooh, why did he oh why did he run off a stage <laughs> <laughs> and that's brilliant it is so if I, that's what you did here mr neon doctrine guy um i hope it works for you
0: good for you brother
1: <laughs> Don't okay. burn any bridges too early yeah, right. It does well for them, but then Sony's like, hey, you know all those bad things you said about us? Yeah. We're blocking you from our platform. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I'm not really saying that. If you're a developer and you have any insight on that and you want to reach out and talk to us, I would love that. I, I doubt it that you would because, you know, to the point, I don't have near the platform of as a lot of other plat- podcasts. <laughs>
0: Which so, means no one will
1: hear you complain until we you go know viral. What? <laughs> I tell you, you no, know, you know what? Spotify... They, I don't even want to put my podcast on Spotify because Spotify <laughs> doesn't do anything to help me uh, put my podcast out there and advertise <laughs> us for free. <laughs> Where's our hundred million, Spotify? Yeah. Jokes aside. <laughs> yes. Um, the last thing on the list is um, a different kind of view of what Sony's doing and uh, something that nobody's surprised. PlayStation goes all Baker family on us and welcomes House Mark and Nix's software to their first-party studios this past week. Housemark, of course, have a longstanding relationship with Sony, and many people know their games. But Nix's software, you've likely never heard of. That's because they specialize <clears throat> in porting games to other platforms, typically including PC. Mm-hmm. If you catch my drift, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I do. If nobody is aware of why that's a smart grab for Sony, whether you agree with what Sony's doing on bringing their games to PC or not, this makes a ton of sense. I think buying a studio that could be dedicated to taking games that you've built for a different system and porting them over without having to have talent and dev time from that main studio go toward that, for what I imagine with a nominal price smart idea I agree and also probably a lot less likely to have bugs like we saw with Horizon and to a much lesser extent Days Gone
0: yeah and interestingly I guess that studio was saying they have absolutely no interest in making their own games
1: yeah I saw that too but that was apparently from something from 2011 so while it's probably still true uh, that was what the head said back then because he doesn't care for game design he looks more of a technical service um, that doesn't mean that that couldn't have changed. I doubt they're making their own games. I don't think that that's even remotely what Sony's idea was here. I think it was, this studio has a great track record of porting games to PC. We need our games to go to PC. Bam. I mean, I agree. Sim- simple math.
0: No, I agree. I, I think the only thing I could even wonder is if they're going to be kind of turned into a blue and blue point, Like I've been theorizing for a while is going to be making their own games. Bloodborne (laughs) too. It would be interesting that, you know, uh, if Nixus turned into like a, a port remaster kind of studio.
1: Yeah. I'd be interested to see that though. And the primary reason I think that is because if, they are holding true to this 10-year-old statement now, right? That they don't view themselves as designers. I think one of the things that Bluepoint has over a company like Nixus is that they have artists on staff. They have people who look at a game and look at how to reinterpret a game to bring it up to modern sensibilities while still maintaining a sense of what it was. Um, and I think Demon Souls is a great example of that. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus was a great example of that. And even a lot of their remaster work on like the Uncharted series, bringing it forward, they had to redo a lot of textures, uh, and they have to do what they can to make them look like the originals, but also be a better high-resolution texture that makes the game look great in this remastered form. It doesn't seem to me that Nixus at least has that background, but they totally could with the right hand guiding them and want within their own studio to do it. That would be interesting. Um,
0: Yeah, I genuinely don't know. There's not too much. I just think the most interesting thing is Sony's clearly doubling down on PC. So, you know. Yeah, which if you,
1: I mean, at this point, I think, considering that they published two games themselves at this point, I'm not surprised. I think they might have, I don't know. I wonder if they're kind of smacking themselves a little bit about letting someone else publish um, all of the Quantum Dream games. Because mm. they own those games, so they're <clears throat> licensing that out to 505 games to publish that much yeah. uh, much like what's basically what's happening with uh, Death stranding, they own Death stranding. They're just letting another publisher publish it. Um, so they make money from it, but I wonder if they're kind of like, damn, we could have we could have released Death stranding on PC ourselves. <laughs> and would it have been better for us to get the money instead of a licensing? Who knows? Almost definitely, sadly. Yep, but that's what it is. Uh, interestingly, during the social media congratulations from Sony's multiple accounts on House Mark, uh, PlayStation Japan's since deleted tweet tagged House Mark, but included an image showing Bluepoint Studios alongside the Demon Souls slip <clears> included <throat> in the background. Yep. It's likely that an acquisition of Bluepoint is going to be announced officially soon even if Bluepoint have updated their Twitter description to say, quote, fully independent, self-funded studio. Yeah. Here's my thing. There's no way that there's at least not talks going on, right? There's no reason for Sony to make this. In my opinion, there's really no reason for Sony to make this graphic unless it's already done or, yes. are bas- or, or, you know, done, but not ready to be announced. Exactly. Um, at bare minimum, they prematurely made the graphic and are still in talks with them to be purchased right now. Yeah. And they don't want to have the fact that that's out there. So they're trying to deny it for some business reason that I don't understand or some legal reason. Yeah. I'm not sure. Otherwise, I don't see how this happens. I mean, don't wrong. If they end up being independent, that's cool. I'm not upset or anything like that. I just Mm -hmm. think that this screams to me. One of those weird times where, they're kind of forced to say, no, we're not getting bought. That's what I think. Yeah. It's but the shareholder they're, they're thing. clearly getting bought. I don't know, but I don't think it's shareholder. I mean, I guess you still have shareholders that are private cause they are private. Um, yeah, you know, you, have, you, like, you can't buy blue point. And... Yeah, exactly. It's not like you can buy stock in Blue Point. Trust me, I looked into it as soon as I played Demon Souls. Um, it's uh, <laughs> smart. It's also a matter of I
0: think their next project is being announced at Sony's now delayed show, and where they say, "Hey,
1: here's our next project," yes. but
0: also we bought you. Yeah, I think it'll. I think honestly, it'll just come up. Um, like a Sony first party. I don't remember if they do a different thing for first parties, but it'll come up as like a Sony exclusive Sony first party publishing or whatever it is. A Blue Point game, Metal Gear Solid one. I mean, we'll, we'll that's, definitely that's what see I would imagine. in time. And then they'll come and then Jim Ryan will walk out with the head of Bluepoint. They'll be like, Oh, we're really happy with him and our family, blah, 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 blah. We've given them this great opportunity. And this is where you've, you've, you've messed fold. up already though. It's not yeah. Jim
1: Ryan that walks out.
0: It's Herman Holst.
1: It's Dominic it Toretto.
0: <laughs> dude, if they got Vin Diesel to come out and welcome him to the PlayStation just family, for that the would meme. Be, that would be the funniest shit of all stuff of all time.
1: <laughs> you let it out and then, like, no, re- never mind. I'll just go crap. Back. Yeah. <laughs> no, but dude, I, if, if Sony did that for the meme, I would have a new level of respect. Yeah. I, they there's won't, there's no way, and I would be so excited. <laughs> While laughing and being <laughs> flabbergasted, it would be amazing. It would make the whole thing even better. I think what it, really happens in this situation is that their new games announced, and then immediately after the PS, the, the director, whatever you want to call it, the state of play, they they take to Twitter and be like, "By the way, we've acquired them."
0: Exactly. Um, you're like, "Congratulations on the Metal Gear Solid remake." Also, welcome to the family. There's welcome to the family, son. Family. <laughs>
1: So this leads to one more thing um, yes, it does. that's kind of in regards to this. So uh, after these, uh, these acqui- um, acquisitions happened, a recent interview with British GQ drew the question from the interviewer if Holst saw the, which Herman Holst, the head of PlayStation mm-hmm. First Party Studios, if he saw the increase in acquisitions from Facebook, Sony, and Microsoft, and of course anybody else as a bit of an arms race, uh, to which Holst rejected the notion Pointing to what I've talked about for a long time, Sony's very specific and methodical uh, basic setup in choosing who they're going to acquire. I mean, it's they don't do this on a whim in the same way that it felt like Microsoft was doing. And I think that that's clearly what's going on here. They're looking at this and saying like, oh, who's doing this, doing this? Oh, do you agree with that? And they point to a lot of different things. So I've got... Um, IGN did a version of the article, right? I've heard it elsewhere, but um, it's basically saying like, you know, they look at, if you, if you look at their last acquisition was Insomniac, which was $229 mm-hmm. million in 2019, all right? It's been two years since then, and now we're getting two more acquisitions, <clears throat> most likely three. Uh, much smaller scale acquisitions as well. Uh, in terms of the monetary push behind them as well as just the size of the teams and whatnot. But every I cannot think in my history, and I think Nix's might be the most random one, though it has been revealed that Nix's software assisted um, the team on Killzone Shadowfall with (coughs) development. Yes. So they have a history working with Sony, uh, even though the majority of their history is working with Crystal Dynamics. And Square Enix and um, all that stuff, Idos, Crystal Dynamics, whatnot. But I think that you can look and see a clear line that when Sony acquires somebody, they have a long history with them. Now they do close down people in a somewhat, I won't say random manner, but there's times where they close down people in an abrupt manner. Um, but thankfully, it's been a while since that's happened in a in a overt way, like it did with the beginning of the the vita generation and into the ps3 but i think yeah i don't think there's any reason that someone would look at blue point acquisition if that comes to be the case and says oh that's weird sony has no real strong out there history with blue point that's not how that is now you can look and say well microsoft had a connection with ninja theory from that what was that game that they did on original xbox uh, th- their name wasn't even ninja theory at the time i'm not sure Uh, they did an xbox exclusive with um, xbox way way back and um, it was back when they were called like just add monsters let me look it up real quick just because i think it's interesting Um, so just add monsters is right here kung fu chaos is what it was called Uh, so they have that little thing but then after that uh, whenever they changed their name to Ninja Theory, they did Heavenly Sword, which is a PlayStation mm-hmm. experience, which was really tumultuous, apparently. Then they left and did Enslaved. They did DMC. Then they came back as like an independent studio and did Hellblade, which was supported by Sony. And then suddenly... Hellblade does really well and Microsoft buys them, it does feel weird. It doesn't yeah. feel like you see the through line. Whereas Sony buying Insomniac when 90% of Insomniac's games have been Sony exclusives is far from surprising. Y- no, you know? I agree.
0: Yeah. Which, interestingly, is why the X- the Xbox and Bethesda merger makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I and mean, I it think it would be the
0: opposite case if Sony had bought
1: Bethesda. Absolutely. It would have been so weird. <laughs> yeah, it would have been off. I mean, I still think Microsoft buying the entirety of Bethesda is, is odd, but yeah. clearly of all the manufacturers on the console side, Bethesda and Microsoft have like the most clear want to work together. And of course, Microsoft is behind PC, which is a very big platform for all of Bethesda's games. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's not surprising at all. Uh, that one made more sense. It was just more the shock value of the sheer size of the acquisition. But yeah, I mean, I buying kinda...
0: Bethesda is kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think like other examples, right? I, I think that the you know them scooping up Exile uh, was kind of odd. Yes, I, I'm not going to say it was completely out of the blue because Exile makes a lot of very PC driven games like that. But it felt out of the blue, right? Yes, it did. Yeah, I don't know. it's 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 weird. I do think, and it doesn't mean that it's wrong, right? If no, if Microsoft's answer <clears throat> is to throw money at developers that they just like in the moment, that's fine. Um, and part of the reason I bring this up is because this is really what's going on, right? They're they're different companies with different amounts of money different types of capital and they have to be different about how they choose microsoft can be loose and fast if they want to sony has to play it a little safer um but herman says um i'm always looking for people that have a similar set of values similar creative ambitions and work very well with our team that we can further invest in and help grow as creators it's not like we're going around and just making random acquisitions which i think is pretty fairly targeted At Microsoft, it is whether or not it necessarily has to be with an incredibly negative, you know, sentiment behind it. I think it's just referencing the difference in how the two go about making their decisions. Um, I agree. I think, yeah, I don't know. I
0: just think this might end up being one of those uh, things he's going to need to eat his words on. Uh, Because I go ahead. Well, I just think that the industry is moving towards buying. I agree it's it's getting to the point where if Sony doesn't start buying some studios Microsoft's gonna do it so they should just start you know I think they have interesting opportunity right now because there is a studio um, that they've done a lot of work with that they could purchase which would be fascinating Um, I don't think they will purchase them what studio are we talking? Mm, from software okay yeah um but i don't see there's there's definitely a world where they could purchase them it's not that hard they're owned by a comp- they're owned by like an investment firm so sure <laughs> it's not that hard to uh pull them out of there it just depends on if they want to um but outside of that i can't think of any other examples so if sony wants to keep buying studios they're going to have to do that they're going to have yeah. to be like okay this doesn't make much sense but hey we really liked i don't know whatever Suda51 game they did so you buy
1: his studio. I don't know. But I agree with you on the sense that as... And I don't think it's as close as everyone else... Or not say everyone, but as some people think. um, I think as gaming starts to move further and further away from a local console not necessarily entirely but where it's not the primary way of gaming it's going to be far more important that you have the games for people to come in because now you're going to need to drive them to your service not to your not to your hardware and when you do that it's kind of like uh, what we we're talking about with game pass last week right where we're not saying that the games on game pass that we find to be less than stellar are an issue it's more that if the majority of your service is that then you kind of go well is it really that lucrative of a server or you know like when you're looking at it from the outside do you suddenly want it do you see it and like oh man and I think that that's what everyone's going to have to do, right? If mm-hmm. Sony's going to have to be like, well, this is who we have. But it's also going to be like what you talked about uh, with me, you, and Blake weeks ago, where if Microsoft wants to, to some degree, they can go up and just buy to a point where if it's not a Ubisoft or an EA, uh, or an Activision, then it's going to be Microsoft exclusive because they just bought all the studios if they choose to do so uh and it yeah. makes that it makes sony's game market far different than it currently is um not saying they would i mean these are all what ifs, but they're interesting what ifs and I do think to some degree acquisitions are going to become more important so unless sony wants to go deep enough to want to dig in and buy square as the response to not lose a bunch of creative force and you know they they and they have a big history of working with square so Mm -hmm. i think that would be a sensible grab not that sony has the money to do it um and i think that like you said from software would be an interesting grab as well i think from
0: software would be the perfect grab i just don't think they will you know they're not necessarily for sale but
1: yeah but like you said i mean anything can move yeah yeah i mean yeah it's if you had to put a date on it like right if if you think that, that at some point sony does go we're going to get from software how long do you think it is in the future do you think, think- that that should be something they're doing right now
0: um i mean i yeah i would say yes that is something they should be doing right now but i would say that um this will happen after the next games that charm software makes for sony and i think that would be what tells us if if from software makes another game for sony they're getting bought that's my
1: opinion okay well the one thing i'd say about right now right is that you have this thing where in your opinion and i think i know the answer but i'm just curious Mm. uh, do you think sony buying from software right now with all the money they just spent on these three other acquisitions would have been the smarter move or do you think it made more sense for sony to get three teams for different purposes for probably less than they'd buy from software for no, I think the three teams is the smarter choice. Okay, yeah, so I figured you did just from a sheer output standpoint. Yeah, um, but was curious because that's kind of where Sony's at, right? Microsoft's thing is, well, we've got enough money regardless. Sony's as mm-hmm. well. We have money, but we have to buy and then recoup, and then buy and then recoup, and kind of keep doing that. You know? Yeah, I just think the
0: properties that From Software have are is so valuable that they're worth. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we found out if they bought them, it was a
1: billion dollars. That'd be crazy. But mainly because they, they maintain their own IP for the most part. Yeah. Like, you know, Insomniac was interesting because, you know, buying Insomniac at $229 million is a steal. That's a great deal. But... Mm-hmm. They don't own that much IP because most of their IP is owned by other people. <laughs> Insomniac, <laughs> which makes, yeah, you know, Sony owns most of the IP that Insomniac has worked on throughout their career. And if the, and if it wasn't, it's something like Spyro, which is owned by Activision, uh, or Fuse, which is owned by EA, if EA. I'm not mistaken. And if it's not, then that means that the two IP that Insomniac had that weren't VR titles was Fuse and Sunset Overdrive.
0: Well, Sony does own Sunset Overdrive.
1: Well, yeah, because... Oh, wait, well, they Sodownic bought them, So, them. yes, obviously. I, sorry, yeah. that was a really dumb point for me to make. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's my point. So, when you look at that, money comes to a point where, yeah, at some point, you have to make decisions. But one interesting thing, and then we can kind of come off of this and, and wrap the episode up, is I do think that there is a point where people are just going to start getting bought and money's going to go high enough that it's going to be hard to turn down. But apparently... Mm-hmm. Uh, House Mark had multiple different offers and chose Sony. And it doesn't necessarily scream to me that it was about the money. Like no. Sony's offer was enough but also sony being cool with them basically just doing their own thing and not being wrapped in and coming in and being like oh now you're going to make games according to this sony blueprint this is what a sony game is like and it's one of these three you know selections that you'll frame your game around um so that's interesting i do wonder how much private companies like housemark and whatnot value the choice of figuring out where they're going to go not because of money but because of other aspects and if that determines whether they go to facebook microsoft ea NACOM, any of these publishers that can wrap people up you know what i mean yeah um i think it matters
0: a lot like i think we clearly see that with housemark but i think any you know you don't want to go work for no- maybe someone doesn't want to give their studio to tencent because they don't like their issue their china connections So that's a reason you would go to Sony for less money, you know.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of places like that. Yeah, and and I think it's just one of those things too, where right. I think if you hear stories from Ninja Theory where they're like, "Yeah, we didn't really, we haven't worked with Microsoft in a in a close capacity in a long time, so we were unsure of the thing, and we decided against it." Like if that's the way that would have went, I don't think it would have felt weird to anybody. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of money, but one of the things like you know when you're looking at housemark housemark knows intimately what it's like to work for sony and who knows what these other offers were these other offers may have been people they've never worked with and it may yeah. have been more money but it's like you know would we rather be involved with a company that we know intimately and we understand how they feel about us and how we feel about them and there's history or do we want to swing you know roll the dice for you know 5 more million dollars or 20 more million dollars and maybe want to get out of it in the next year and then the whole company goes under and all of it was for nothing, you know? No, absolutely. It's a, it's a very interesting thing. And I think fully independent studios like that, they get to make that decision are going to be the driving force behind where they go in the long run. So, but Chris, yes, sir. Do you have anything else you want to talk about tonight? No, I'm good. I don't think so either. We went through everything. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me. I know you're tired. I am, too. got to wake up in five hours, so that's going to be fun. Me, too. Um, hey, work.
0: It's winning.
1: <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for listening to another episode. Chris, thanks for joining me for another episode. Yes. Uh, still trying to figure out what we're going to do in the long run when Saul comes back, which I think might be soon, fingers crossed. He seems to be feeling a lot better. Yes. Um, And fingers crossed mainly just because people seem to be missing saul which is fair uh but in the long run i want to do an episode so the community's take for this episode is a little different the community's take is do you want to see us do an episode with me saul and chris all together and i'll be insulted if you guys say no yeah so don't insult the man yeah (laughs) (laughs) but basically yeah just let us know how excited you'd be for that and it'll help us in figuring out how we're going to make that happen because schedules (laughs) yeah schedules 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 but chris i really do appreciate it man had a fun time talking tonight
0: and uh
1: i will keep you up to date as to whether um you know it's going to be solely you next week or if we need to try and figure out how to do all three of us or what but that's for behind the scenes to wrap this show up remember that you can be part of our discussions and talk to us about the show and the podcast and the community stake and all those different things over on our discord which is in the link below you can find us on twitter at triangle sqrd and participate in the community's take there as well or you can find us on facebook in the group uh, triangle square to playstation podcast ask to be entered into there and i will gladly review that and most likely let you in i've never told someone no yet so Chances are you'll be put in. Um, that is about it. If you want to support the show with even more, then head over to Patreon.com/slash/NarTech and give as little as a dollar per month. We appreciate all of you who do. Like our patrons: Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan. Luke Bartolomeo, Sean sanderud Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popest, Kevin Bacon Bits, Mark Schutz, Shadowist. Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Rig, uh, Solitary Red, uh, (laughs) A Wild Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob Warppoint, Richard Schaefer, and Ham and Egger. Thank you all so much.